Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a Monday where I will sadly say it's a Monday following another loss. The third straight for the Bearcats, but a, a weird, weird feel for the third straight. We'll, we'll dive in completely to what happened late, late night Friday in Provo, Utah. This is BYU Cougars. We'll break that down. It's also a Monday, where it's, it, it's somewhat the halfway point of the season, if you will. It's a, it's a bye week upcoming for the Bearcat football team, and we're, we're somewhat midway. So we're going to dive in a little bit on the, the the season up to now and the season that yet to come. It's also a Monday where we're a little bit closer to the start of basketball season. Schedule drop. Times of certain games drop. Excitement around the program building. It's also a Monday where we get to break down Bearcats. We get to break down this this week in Taylor Swift's saga with Travis Kelsey. Aaron, I know you're excited for that part. It's also a Monday where I get to bring in my guys, my pals, the squad. We're back again. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm here. <laughs> that you are, baby. Rough that week are. in the Brendel household, but, you know, it'll be all right. We're doing good. Everything all right? Six months. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah, we're doing well, As all right as we can be. <laughs> hopefully we can, can take your mind off for a couple of hours, right? Yep. Here we go. Aaron, sir, how are we? I'm fine. Okay. Nothing, nothing big. Okay. Dealing with hand, foot, and mouth here in, in our household right now. So Sounds that's fun. not awesome. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Mr. Royer, sir, how are we? Is that, is that a haircut I see? Oh, You're yeah, you muted. Bro. Come on. Come on, man. Jesus. Oh, now he <laughs> just leaves. Wrong button. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a little cut on Thursday last week. Shout out the king. Um. <laughs> I'm all right. I, mean, I went and saw my brother play uh, up at Brown, which was a great time. They won. It's a fun weekend up in Providence. Um, besides staying up till like damn near 2 a.m. on Friday, watching another kind of unbelievable game. It was another dark week weekend in Cincinnati sports. Reds eliminated. Bengals helped the Browns out yet again. Bang- Bengals eliminated. <laughs> yeah. that was the, that's the best when they like they tweet out eliminated <laughs> first couple of weeks yeah and the bearcats too yeah I'm, I'm all right though yeah was is that your brother far right in that picture on on uh on the old the old x.com if you know what i'm talking about brown i think you retweeted or someone retweeted it I'll I'll pull up the pick later. It looks looks exactly okay. like you, but like a, yeah, like a then, brown student. So figured it was yeah. you, Paul right? But uh, yeah. Well, there we go. I uh, I am in Florida, as as we can tell with the uh, new background and, and Aaron. A little bit of a a bit of a bug going around. I woke up like two a.m. feeling a little, you know, off of it this uh, this morning. But hey, we're back, baby. We're back. We're good. I don't know if it's hand, foot, eye, nose, mouth. Shoulders, knees, and toes. Who knows, man? But uh was it this picture? We are here and no, that's not wow, that's not it. <laughs> that is my brother, but that's when we were what a long time ago. 
Holy moly, you son of a bitch. Buckeye fans, baby. <laughs> Did someone send that to you? Yeah. Yeah, look at that. That's not good. Oh, that's, that's a, a Cincy fan, jersey. That's a bad look, Royer. Hey, I told you guys I was a buck. My dad went there. We were we were big Buckeye fans. Um, <laughs> hey, things change, you know. People change. New experiences come. Okay. I had to give you help for that though. Somebody sent it to me <laughs> like, uh, make sure Roy Royer answers for this on Monday. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, yeah, I'm not gonna hide from it. That, that that was the reality about what would that be? I'm 25, like eight years ago. So yeah, seven eight years ago. Roy, you 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 retweeted it. That that fella. Yeah, yeah, that's my brother right there. Yep. There we go. Ethan. There we go. Plays linebacker for the Brown Bears. The Brown Been Bears. A good fifth year. Yeah, the, their team looks their team looks a lot better than recent years. So. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, that's good. Should we get the Taylor Swift talk out now, Aaron, or should we, should we hold off till the end on, on this one? Oh, oh, yeah. Let me know when you do, because I want nothing to do with it. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. We'll save it for a surprise time. We'll, we'll we'll bounce it in. You know what? If if you're driving down the street and you're you're listening to this pod and and you are of the same feeling as that Aaron has towards the Taylor Swift saga that is taking place with uh travis kelsey and then you might you know drive into a pothole or rub up against the, the shoulder a little bit too tight you bang up the car a little bit before you know you gotta drive into the divider right exactly and maybe intentionally in aaron's case because it's just like <laughs> yeah. i've done it gotta go to danco transmission and i don't care to talk to danco joe about this craziness but uh yeah head over there head over there he'll hook you up danco joe He's the man, the myth, the legend, as we all know. Uh, get 10% off your next fixing. Get $10 off your next oil change. Head over to Danco. Mention Aaron, Chad, Royer. Mention, I don't know. What What are they saying? Uh, uh, Swelsey? Is that the name we're rolling with? Swelsey? I think. Pretty sure. Or <laughs> Co-Wift, maybe? Who knows? But uh, head over there. Mention that to Danco. Joe, he'll hook you up. Get you, uh, get you all the things you need. Danko, transmission in auto care. Um, man, speaking of fixing, we got to dive right into it. I know it took place late Friday night. I, I mean, in essence, that was a Saturday game. It was just a really early, early Saturday game. Uh, 35-27, final score. Uh, a weird one in Provo. You know, we've already kind of, kind of hinted at it a little bit, but you know, you outgain the Cougars. 498 yards to 295. You gain nine more first downs than them. You run 31 more plays than them. And you have 10 more minutes in time of possession than the Cougars, but you still fall. 35, 27. As always, general thoughts, feelings, now that we're three days removed from it. I, I know Chad and Aaron, you kind of have, have dove into this a little bit, but uh I guess Royer, I'll, I'll I'll pass to you for opening remarks that you were feeling early in the morning. A tough, yeah, weird, just, weird just game. Yeah, just kind of another just unbelievable type. Like I couldn't believe what I what I was seeing. One, if you when you when you pull up the stat sheet, kind of what you just alluded to, and then just total yardage again. 
where you don't even score 30 points, yet you have damn near 500 yards of offense. Mm -hmm. And the defense played as good as it did. I mean, you spot them 14 points and then um, spot them 14 points with the pick six and the muff punt on the 15 damn near. And then you you just have – you throw in – all right, we, the defense lets up that 45-second drive before half, which I – which I thought was the, the the turn of the tides, really, in the game where it you can just dominate. Drastically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You dominate a team, like, just in every I – mean, I guess the offense wasn't dominating, like, a ton, but just across the board, just playing playing well, playing good enough to be winning and holding their offense to, like, what – what did Slovis have, like, 36 yards before that drive? Passing no, I goal. think it was they, they had 38 yards. Oh, long, right? he had, like, yeah. two yards. Yeah. Yeah. Two. And then you end up losing. I yeah, it's just it's just it's annoying. You can't lose the, yeah, it is. It's just like yeah, I mean, I don't but it, it's not I'm so I was surprised, but when you look big, bigger picture, let's think here. We got how many new how many new guys starting on each side of the ball, new coaching staff. I mean I can't say that that's not impossible to happen, you know, when you got all that, all those new culture, new staff, new, new players playing with each other. When the tides turn in a away environment, a tough, tough place to play. And then you're like, oh, now you're looking at, now you're looking back. You're like, yeah, somehow we, we fucking lost that game in the second half, which I, mm-hmm. bad mistakes, just another not, not a great performance um, by Emery which I thought he was going to have to really kind of take us on his back, so to say, just play really well to go in there and have us win the game. But I don't know. He didn't just... play for he, he the, the pick six was a bad decision on a weird play. Like, essentially, the corner just freelanced and decided, I'm not going to play man. I'm going <laughs> to sit down here yeah. and not take my guy, like, through the crossing pattern. Um yeah. But, but other than, I mean, he had 100 yards rushing, 94 yards rushing, 250 yards passing. Is it like 62% um, completion? Yeah. Like, objectively, he did. He had a pretty good game, but it's what we talked about, Ryan. You're playing teams of equal talent. You, you cannot throw a pick six and, and yeah. have the punt muff for, I, I still, my my brain wants to break when I think about we'll get to that play. We will get to that play, but you're not, your odds of winning are like this, no matter how much you outplay them, how much you outgame them. If you give a team with equal talent, 14 points, they're going to win 90% of the time. Yeah. Cause it's not, we're not, we're not the Cincy of two years ago. You're not the American anymore, Toto. Yeah. Well, I I also just don't think we have, we don't have the caliber to kind of, absorb stuff like that right now i don't think i don't think we're playing complimentary football i think we haven't we've yet to had a game when everyone really puts it together i don't really count eku oh well i guess pit i pit we played i the thought we played like was, was really three, well. thought we played around three good quarters first pit all in all um but when you go on the road at byu you're like you said you can't give them 14 points you got to play complimentary football the offense, defense, special teams have to come together and, and just the stars have to align because you're going to play good. You're going to absorb adversity. And 
I guess when I would say I, I kind of have set this standard for Emery because the first first two weeks I saw him make throws that he, he made it look easy. And like I, I expected him to uh, to be able to make those throws and we need him to kind of step up and hit some of those balls that I thought he missed that could have been big plays. <laughs> Especially we've seen now the past two weeks, and I just not that I think he's playing bad. I think yeah, his run game has helped us a lot, but I, I kind of wanted him to carry us, step up, make some big throws, and try to f- come out of Provo with a with a win. And now we're kind of sitting back and seeing how the fuck did we lose? I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to like. It, we just never like. That was the hottest of all takes. He took himself right out. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? I don't know. <laughs> he took himself, yeah, he I, I thought you guys picked him out. I was like, nope. All right. I'm sick of this. But nope. no, he'll, he'll no, be he, back. He's not even in the lobby. <laughs> nope. He is. He's all the way gone. Wow. <laughs> I mean, too. I've never. we putting that picture up of him in the Buckeye jersey. That might have been <laughs> it. That might have been it. Yeah, what what number was that jersey too? Was that like a like a custom made Royer jersey for the Buckeyes? That's what it looked like. Uh, I don't know. Twenty five, maybe. I was like, oh, interesting. But uh, let's let's talk a little. Oh, there he is. There he is. My fuck, my shit's been pissing me off the past like you, three weeks, dude. You rage quit on us. Uh, my, I don't know why I keep like during the like, controller. <laughs> my, uh, it will just start like bugging out. I don't know if my internet just goes shitty, like when my dumbass roommates turn on like our smart TV with their laptops and their phone. They answer the landline and it kicks you off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just you know the old shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to answer that phone. I'm podcasting. But yeah, um, no, I, I, Royer, you were kind of you you were rolling. Um, and we're going to continue to roll, but I do want to touch on that that pick six. Uh, yes, I I know it was weird that that corner kind of you know drifting off of his man and and kind of playing like a random zone and then being right right in the area where Emory decided to throw the ball. But there was if you look at that replay, there, there's five BYU guys there and only D Wiggins. It just seemed like it was a predetermined pass, like. Maybe that's the design of the play was going there. Obviously, Wiggins falls down. What what's supposed to happen? Like the read just didn't happen. Like it's it's the we like right. It's supposed to like they showed man. Everybody played man except Rogers. I think was his name, and he just stopped and Digging. sat there and right. waited. Yeah. Like like he didn't like. I don't know if it was just like an instinctual read. Or if he got lost in like what the defensive assignment was supposed to be, and he ended up in the right place. But like they showed right. everybody else, like they they zeroed in on the play. Everybody else is playing man. The one crosser goes through, and the the de- defender on the crosser on the right just sat down and waited for the throw. I don't know, like maybe it was something on tape. Yeah. Well, but you're taking my thought is if you see that, I mean I don't know if you're. Guy. But yeah. he said he didn't yeah. see him until the ball was coming out of his hand. Right. Like he read right. the play. That guy's not supposed to be there. So he's got Wiggins coming across. Wiggins does the right thing and sits down. He sat all the way down. He, he was yeah. on the ground. 
but he <laughs> saw the guy there, so he tries to sit down in the middle of the zone, and Emery is right. reading what did, I mean, I don't know. It was a weird, weird it was a weird play like, situation. Evan was wide open, who I guess yeah. would was probably would probably be the guy that, that guy left that, him. Yeah. That left him huge. Like he just stopped. He quit probably would have scored his first touchdown as a receiver if, if he would have looked left touchdown. real fast. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was just a weird play, and one of those where instantly when he when he picks it off, you're like, all right, that's a touchdown. I, I mean, oh, that was six easy. Unless Hercules shows up on the field and, and tracks him down, I, there's no way. Let that guy from Georgia of it. Yeah. yeah. Or Josiah DeGuara catches him on the backside. <laughs> the chase down. UCLA. Um, UCLA, baby. Uh, Royer, I, you saw the pick six. I, it, just a weird broken play that just broke BYU's way, you think? Uh, I mean, I guess. But, like, I don't know how open the guy even was to begin with. Like you were saying, it, it, it might have been a catch tackle. It might have been a, a PBU on the defense. I don't – and there was – two guys kind of pinching him from the side and, and like coming at his back hip. I'm, I just was like, and then the guy's standing right in the window. Yeah. I just like, you can't like, you can't do that. Like we are not going to win. We are not going to win games when you do And the safety game. over the top too. Like it was just. You can't throw a, a goddamn pick six, the first drive of the game in the big 12 at fucking BYU, like you're just, you, you're just like they I know, they were, I know, I guess they did bounce back, but it's just like, and then they, they make lost. another soul-crushing <laughs> mistake later. I don't know. I just feel like we never, we always like, we play well enough to just like stick around, but we haven't been, we don't make the big, it just feels like we aren't making the big play or the big drive. We we're making the big mistake yep. and it's like, We'll make the big mistake. They'll be like, all right, we'll like flutter around to kind of like not get like suffocated out of the game. But we don't like ever, if we make a mistake, we don't ever just like flip the fucking script back and cut and like have three good drives to go grab a lead or, or just can play consistent football like three drives in a row or like two quarters in a row to kind of really hammer home a victory. I, I, we only really did that versus fucking. Pit and Pitt's dog shit now. They they look terrible. Redful. They're bad. So Red bad. Full. They're very bad. I mean, Virginia. And we have the capability. We yeah. have the capability. It just I don't know, man. It just feels like I don't know. I don't know offense. I don't know their scheme. It just feels like for some reason, it just the foot just comes off the gas. There's like maybe like two plays in a row or two drives in a row because like yeah. you'll see that and you're like why what why don't we go back to these concepts like because they have they have the players to make the plays they have they have the scheme you'll just see it like boom 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 like three plays in a row or like a whole drive of just good shit and then it'll be just like offense just will go missing for two drives especially when we need them the most mm-hmm. i thought the defense played played well like literally they got spotted what they I, I predicted them giving up 21 points as a sense, and I thought that'd be plenty good enough. And I think that's pretty that's much what did, should yeah. have happened. They honestly they could have gave up less. They played yeah. good enough to give up less. So you just if you don't be if you don't make mistakes on that on that uh, touchdown before the half, yeah, a missed assignment. We've had a little bit. 
we've had more blown coverage MAs than than we should this season mm-hmm. too. That's that's something that I thought would be kind of corrected by now, but it keeps showing up at bad times. Yeah. I, don't I mean know. the the uh, so that next drive after the after the pick six, that was when you know you drive into to BYU territory, and then it's third and two. People people talk about the fourth and one pass to Peyton Singletary that you know kind of you know bounced off his hands, was a little hot out of Emory's arms and out of Emory's you know arm, but it was third and two right before that, and and Kiner only picked up one up the middle, you know, and one of those situations again where it's third and short pick up the first down. You don't have to go with that, you know, fourth down situation, but either way, still the, the Peyton Singletary and the flats pass was probably a little hot, but uh, probably needed to be caught. It was kind of an awkward adjustment, but uh, I don't know, just, there was obviously another one of these later on in the game. It was just a, just a weird type of situation there, but still, you know, fourth and one, if you pick it up on third down, you're probably answering right away, but even still um, situation that, Yo, help me out. Help me out here. As a defense, isn't that exactly what you want in that situation? A pass to the short side of the field with like this much of a window for success? Yeah. I mean, if if I'm on defense, I'm I'm thinking they're gonna run the ball twice in a row. It's gonna be damn fucking hard to stop them for two total yards on two run plays. That's my like if I if I'm on defense, I'm like, we need to stop the fucking run because they're just going to run the ball twice. Either one run, one sneak, or two power runs. But, I mean, that's that's what you have to do. We need we need an offensive line and a running back slash quarterback combination, whatever we want to do there, that can get get the, the third and threes, third and fours damn near nowadays because a lot of offense and good, good territories on the field. And – just another kind of like thing you, you can't you can't you can't run two plays and get one yard especially when you're you got when you're trying to have a back a bounce back uh possession following a, you know the worst way to start a game um, yeah it's a weird weird time but uh it, they did get a bounce back you know after the defense held again Shimon Mateer getting his first touchdown catch of the season I, and he looked good yeah. looked Looked unbelievable in this game. Um, really kind of a, yeah, kind of a uh, coming out party, if you will. Uh, definitely one of the biggest positives heading into the uh, the bye week and then the latter half of the season. Um, but yeah, he had the touchdown catch, uh, his first of, of two on the night. Looked great. I, I mean, this is the shaman that we all expected heading into the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still like another thing I was thinking like we rushed for how many yards like over 200 yards. Yeah. And, like if you yeah, you rush for 250, like how do you fucking lose? Like just to be honest. I, I, I'm serious. I, agree. I know. It's just like how it just doesn't make sense to me. It's just yeah. a con- I guess the yard yardage total, yardage total of points, I'd love I think we might be like one of the worst teams I've can, can I've got, anyone... yeah. I think they have the number four offense in the Big Twelve, and they can't score points. I've got some stats. Believe me, I'm Holy I'm shit, ready for man. the end of the season. But yeah, they are. Uh, if if you want that one right now, it's it's so they yeah, let's hear are it. they are fourth in the in the uh, Big Twelve, but they're actually 
14th in all of college football, averaging 490 yards per game. Um, UCF, yeah. Oklahoma, and TCU are ahead of Cincinnati in the Big 12. Oh, dude, we need like a metric. We need a metric that's like offensive points scored, defensive points allowed, offensive yards per game. Cause like we, I think we'd be like historically bad. Because yeah. we've given up, we've not given up a yard of yards and points on D, mm-hmm. and we've gotten a lot of yards on O, and we have no fucking points. It's just yeah. like mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, I, I another couple quick hits on the the end of the first half. We'll go by half and half, and I, I got I got some more mind boggling stats for you, Royer, that we'll do uh, kind of during the recap of the first half of the, uh, of the season. But so that the drive not actually. Before, but you're deeming it the halfway point. I mean, it's five games. There's there's twelve games. It's and it's a bye week, so I'm pretty much yeah, you know, calling it <laughs> technically. If we're speaking on technicalities here, um, it is not technically half. Right, correct. Uh, but <laughs> the so the drive before the field goal drive, and then uh, they got it back. There was a there was a false start. Since they lined up to go for it on fourth and four on the BYU forty. Just another situation where you know moving the moving the ball, false start happens, brings you back. Um, Fletch came out and, and punted and, and pinned them at the five yard line. So maybe that was just a time to let Mason Fletcher be Mason Fletcher. But uh, after that, obviously you get you get the three and out. Um, then Cincinnati gets the ball back. And and the thing about this drive that you know that ended in the field goal is that it was first and ten on the BYU twenty one yard line. If you pick up one first down or you even score a touchdown at, or move the ball at all. Once you get, you know, first and 10 on the BYU 21, there's probably zero chance that BYU would have enough time to stage that last quick, quick touchdown drive that really flipped the entire momentum. Instead, it was a uh, kind of at the middle for one yard gain. Then it was an incomplete pass to D that, you know, was probably, probably could have been a touchdown over the middle. And then, it was a uh, four-yard gain on third and nine that set up the 33-yard field goal from Carter Brown. I don't know. It, it just seems like maybe you you try and run the ball a little bit more there, or you know, try and literally milk milk the clock out where they're you know BYU. Even if you do end up with a field goal, BYU gets the ball back with only 15 seconds or 10 I seconds. I know. I will say though, Brent, like you have to expect your defense to. Yeah you know, be able to stop someone with like 48 seconds left. Like that right. should be, di- that should be impossible, especially for a half. Cause they're not going to be like, yeah. It, and you, you, you have that situation. You meet, you then have a terrible combination effect of having another terrible MA blown coverage. So it's like, you kind of, you, you don't make that happen on offense. You have those like two things happen that just like, all right, well, there's another blown opportunity and you just fucking compound it with, a terrible MA on a coverage. It's just like, let's talk about that final drive. You can't have both of those. You, you gotta, if you're, if you're going to have one, you can only have, you gotta <laughs> right. have one. You can't keep, and we keep doing that shit. This mm-hmm. it's been a common theme. So, I, so on that first play of the drive, that they elected to only rush three, you know, and, and kind of bring the coverage back and, and, Opened up the field a lot. I, I mean, Slovis probably could have stood back there for eight seconds if he wanted to. There was no pressure at all on that first play, and that's when he he kind of 
jump-started that drive to get them rolling. I I mean, I I don't know. I would have maybe liked to see more pressure on that, at least that first play. Because well, then after I that, mean, every play it, following, it was pressure, 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 which then led to the to the blown assignment on the last well, touchdown. It was, I don't know that it was pressure, pressure, pressure. It was send guys, send guys, send guys. Guess yeah. what? Right. They didn't get a sack the entire game. Pressure, pressure, pressure yeah. didn't work at all. So – but I think that's a little bit of revisionist history that if you send pressure on that first down that uh, yeah. you're going to get home because they didn't get home uh, mm-hmm. at all. Um, I like that call I mean, concept, though. I like kind of play off a little bit, then they get something, you're like, all right, now let's throw something at them. Yeah, they're gonna I like it. it too. I like it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it, The problem there is the first down play is ultimately the deciding play of that drive. Because if it's incomplete or if they gain four yards, they sit on it and go into halftime. You stopped them at the 17. Like, they were 83 yards from a touchdown. If they gain four yards, if they've got second and six with 38 seconds left or whatever, they're just going to go into the half. Like, that's the other frustrating thing, I think. Like, they have missed on – I mean, I remember at least two in the Miami game. Obviously, the third and 19 uh, in the Oklahoma game where Oklahoma was going to punt. Like, yep. they, they ran it up the middle, and they were going to punt. And you gave up the first down, and they marched it all the way down the field and got a field goal. And then you had that, where if you get one stop on first down, they run it into the half, and you're you're leading at half, and they don't ever – grasp or feel any momentum in the first half Mm -hmm. and then you had the the touchdown run um third and 13 or whatever 16 yeah 13 and and they are conceding a field goal we are going to run it up the middle and take three Mm -hmm. and you give them a touchdown like it's it's almost like everything that every small thing that can go wrong for this team right like the the basics of football are going their way yeah but every small thing that can change the momentum change the complexion of a game is going against them three games in a row and and if you date back to pittsburgh second half and especially fourth quarter there's a bunch of wild shit that happened in that fourth quarter for pitt to even be anywhere close yeah like yeah. they're not getting any 50 50 stuff like the, the touchdown where the guy cuts across and, and takes the pass like you know they get pressure he floats it the wrong guy grabs it and runs for a 60 whatever yard touchdown if that guy's not there brian threats has an easy interception it is yeah. going right into his hands and the guy comes out of nowhere runs across the green from where mm-hmm. what should have been the play and takes it for a touchdown. Everything that can go wrong for this team is going wrong. It's wild. It's wild. It is. It is. I I mean, you you come out to start the second half, you have an eight-yard gain on first down where you kind of have a wide open hole, you know, kind of starting to slowly and, and pay, pay it back. Punt. And then you go and, and then you don't gain another yard after that and you punt. You know, it's just like it just compounds, man. Um, Actually, and then Reed, I, I would have liked to three. see them. Dot three. What? Reed said, gives me nightmares thinking about having OU pinned at the five and gave up that long first down. I think they were at the three. 
Yeah, I, well, they were they were deep. <laughs> they were deep back there. Um, should Breath have went and got yeah. that? He is not cognizant of the guy that runs from out of nowhere. Like in a perfect world, sure. In like a hindsight is 2020 world, sure. But the guy he's covering that the ball is intended for is incapable of it's making a play on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I and and also we've seen threats in the past. I mean, you remember that that play last year at Tulsa where he was kind of playing the man more than the ball and it ended in the uh, you know 50-50 call of a of a, yeah. a uh, what's it called freaking targeting and he was thrown out of the game so maybe it's like he's slowly in his head being like play the ball a little bit more I mean because I was going straight to him and Keen Slovis was interviewed after the game <laughs> good job with that quick fan um, oh, Louisville fans are banned immediately if you're a Louisville oh, fan dude. and you want to talk shit get the fuck out. You're out. Louisville fans are all over saying, like, like I'm done. I tweeted out about the loss. I'm going to read the stat. That's kind of crazy. But all Louisville fans are like, oh, enjoy that. That's what it's going to be like for you. It's like, all right, man, come on. You have your dream coach. You got yeah. rid of Scott Satterfield. Why are you Go still thinking about us? Why are you still Go thinking away. about us? But, yeah. Um, You're undefeated. Right. Yeah. What the fuck are you worried about? Scott? Probably have one of the biggest games at um, Papa John Stadium history this Saturday, and you're you're, you're going to go seven us. and five. Congratulations. <laughs> go away. But uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Chad, you mentioned it already. The L.J. Martin touchdown on third and thirteen, where you know, so instead of it being seventeen ten, it's all of a sudden twenty one ten. Uh, then of course that next drive is the kinder and the, in the flat on third and four on the BYU far, four yard line. Yet again, another one where it's like, same as that Peyton Singletary pass. And it's like this much room for success, like this much room. He would have had to like catch and then quick turn and like yeah, to get I the ball. Hate, it's hard. I hate throwing to the flat on the short side, like boundary flat. Yeah. I hate it. It's not good. Especially, <laughs> it's so especially like. Like, I love Corey Kiner, but how how far da- down of a pass catching option do you think he is? That's on the field in that in that play. You know what I mean? Right. He's got to be probably last. I nothing against him. I'm just saying. But that's the got, design of the play. Is to get right, it to him. Exactly. It's just weird. I, I don't know. so if he's um, a problem, then he shouldn't have been in. Is I mean, if, well, if he's the guy that you. For me, it's I mean, it would be the same if Miles Montgomery I, was. I agree. Day. My. It hit him in in both hands. It's inexcusable on Corey Kiner to not catch that ball. When it hits you in both hands, it wasn't like the Singletary pass. I don't know. I I take issue with anybody who's not blaming Corey Kiner on that play. Go Marcus Freeman. And thank the Louisville fans for the thousands of thousands of views they put on every Scott Satterfield press conference. You miserable fucking losers. Freeman's going to take care of them, boys. <laughs> but, yeah, um, then, then it brings up that that play. Uh, Royer, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. It was the, you know, 59-yard Chase Roberts coming out of nowhere. Keaton Slovis was interviewed after the game. He said he, – first he was, he was, you know, mentioning how he thought he should have gotten the hands in the face because Debo accidentally touched him. You know, I, I don't know, whatever. But – it was second and Shut twenty-one. Up, it was second and twenty-one. He just throws it up. He he said he had no idea Chase Roberts was even around the area. 
but that he just, you know, he's, he's just said a big time player made a big time play. And he did. I, I mean, wasn't intended for him at all. He swoops in out of nowhere and, and takes it the distance. I threats. You think playing that the way you should, or do you think he should have came up? I, it just, the whole thing seemed like it was a, this is a five yard overthrow. Knew, I don't think he knew Roberts. I don't think he knew he was there. No, no one yeah. did except for Roberts and Jordan Young. Probably hindsight, hindsight. Yeah, you do, Tom. Like you would have wished you want to go up and get, and get it. That, that's what. That's what you're taught. I would say go up and get I the point, ball on defense. Think, yeah, uh, but I'm not gonna say like that's his fault or anything. It's just, and you'd like to think we can get that to get that guy down though. He doesn't get in the end zone, but yeah. I mean, but just, yeah. everything's flowing this way. Yeah, and it's like. I know he catches. He's not supposed to catch it, and he faces yeah. the other way. It's you know, Just, it's like a grand theft auto when you hit that perfect spin out, and you go and you're running from the cops, and now they can't catch you because they're going this way, you're going that way. Maybe it's a good learning the thing. Star tanks are out. Doesn't happen anymore. Maybe our DBs would use that as a learning point now, but I'm not going to act like it's a critical error. Hey guys, in case. Uh, the the quarterback throws a fucking hand grenade, and the guy that's that's not supposed to even be in the play swoops in and catches it. Here's what you do. You think it was worse than the pit one that just got got flung up in the air? Well, but at Which least was that worse? was that was hand grenaded into an open area. Like there was <laughs> nobody around that guy within like twenty yards. Uh, yeah. that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, like that this season has come down to a handful of those like we said we got the coin flips that Chad it was going to be a lot of coin flips I didn't know it was going to be this many coin flips on this many fluke plays and we're all going to lose all of them we're losing yeah. all of them we're losing all of them we are on an impressive like red black roulette streak like my last time in Vegas I bet red nine times in a row and lost every time Like that th red. that's the streak that you see is on right now. I bet red like seven times in a row, got up to five hundred dollars, lost it all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like that funny. that's exactly that's exactly what's happening here. Although the Shaman touchdown was probably it hit red one time in the middle of that. But <laughs> yeah, then it hit black every time again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did forget about that one. Let's let's talk about Shaman's second touchdown real quick because that's a it's a drive that came following that five plays, seventy five yards, one minute fifty four seconds off the clock, and it ended in that circus catch by Shaman Mateo. Man, that was probably not Garrett, a great throw. Garrett Wilson esque. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, he that was all Shaman. He tipped it to himself, caught it, got got. I think he got, got both his butt cheek down. down. Yeah, no, butt cheek down too. Butt yeah. cheek down just in time. Right. Right. So. I mean, this is Shaman, man, the Shaman show. And uh, awesome to see that. Um, but, of course, that would have then, you would think, flip momentum completely on the side of the Bearcats. 28 to 20, you get a, you get a stop. I think it was yeah. a three and out. They might have got uh, It was a three and out. Chad, get this. A three and out that featured a tackle for loss. So that's, that is momentum. Right. That's called the big mo right there. You're down eight. You got a three and out. They're punting to you. What? Their punter was so fucking good. He was really good. He was really good. Holy but crap. still, that that punt 
bounced at the 34-yard line. Braden Smith was standing at the 32. And then it took that high hop straight through his hands. I, I don't know. It, it was the weirdest thing. Ended the third quarter. It was the weirdest thing, man. The the weirdest Royer, thing. No, Royer, come back. Come back. Yeah, Royer, you can't come leave. Back, come back, come back. This come is back, special come teams back, talk. Come back, come back. Sorry. What would I was, Ryan I was Mason go have that. done if somebody tried to jump for that ball? I don't know. They might have to put me back there after that. <laughs> would that person have been alive for the rest of the game? I mean, I honestly think that it would have just been one of those times where you think the coach is going to rip your ass, but it's just like there's nothing you can say other than like that's just you can't do that. It's kind of like those I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed moments. It'd be kind of like that. Now, I want to ask you just can't do that. I want to ask something I think is important here. This has been allowed in the first three games. He has picked up balls bouncing around, I think, in each of the first three games. Where like that was a clear difference, though. No, that, no, that is just... no, it's a clear difference. But don't you tell him cut the shit out. Stop. You either can play it or you can't play it. Because he's not even game. making enough plays, though, to like make right. me think like I want the ball in his hands. He's not like it's not like he's had like these explosive returns where I'm like, yeah, listen, man, we want you touching that ball. Like, be one thing if you're like fucking. He's uh, Devin he, Hester he, back like, there. I think last week he picked one up off the bounce and was tackled immediately. Immediately. Like, immediately. like yeah. begging. You are begging for something like this to happen. Yeah. If you continue to do dumb shit. Quit doing dumb shit. Either you have a play on the ball and you can return it, or you don't have a play on the ball and he's letting money? go. I don't know. He didn't out. see Monty. Yeah. He was out. So let's get so, him healthy, and I think we should put him back there. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Yes, bullseye. You know, it, you know, we haven't had thing, we haven't had anything explosive enough from from the guy to to make you give think me the that guy that gets you a fir- an extra first down every time. Right, and, yeah. and and this is no knock on Braden at all, but if you watch the replay, it, he's just two yards behind the bounce. Like, why not just come up those two yards and just feel that it? is a knock. That's literally a knock on him, though. That is a knock as, on him. As a person. <laughs> I meant as a person. We're not talking about any of these people personally. Oh, my gosh. I it, it was, Okay. Tomato, tomato. But uh, it was two yards behind it for the bounce. Yeah. This. Or or I you like catch com- it and you get like the ball at the 34-yard line. Reed. Bottom one. I want to talk about that. Yes. I don't know. So I, I think for the people on podcast, for people on podcast though, Ryan, uh, the uh, comment so is our, our punt and kickoff returns have been very average. What are your guys' thoughts on trying out Prater at least on kickoffs? Go ahead. You wonder where they uh, have Prater on kickoff returns? I don't even. I wasn't thinking about the last. On the front I'm line, thinking everything besides punt, uh, because of Mason Fletcher and our field goal. I think our punt block. I think our. Um, well, punt return now. Punt return, kickoff return, and what a, and kickoff. I mean, kickoff's been all right, but, I mean, a lot of teams don't kickoff's even try to fuck, fucking return nowadays. Yeah. But we aren't making, like, explosive explosive tackles inside the 20 a ton, no yeah. turnovers, none of that. I don't – I think we're witnessing the Brian Mason effect because, like, one – Fickle took special teams really seriously. So when Mason left, 
we kind of had Fickle to kind of carry the torch with that. But now we don't have either of them. And I don't know how – I know Kerry Combs has a big responsibility with the secondary. I don't know how tuned in to the special teams he is compared to years past and in, in his coaching experience where that used to be his, like, M.O. at Ohio State mm-hmm. um, and in Tennessee. But Mason I don't think we're – getting special teams whisperer. Like, you just – like Well, because you know why? He fucking cared. Like, he, he coached snipers, but – the amount of detail he put in to special teams was insane. We'd have pre-special teams meetings, post-practice special teams walkthroughs on top of special teams periods, and then we'd have post-practice, post-practice extra special teams film. It was like, that's why we were one of the best, because we put in the work, and I don't think we're putting in that same level of work, and it's a challenge that we sh- I'm challenging them that they should be doing that because they do spend right now, a ton of time on special teams at practice. I will tell you that. Maybe they need to do more. Maybe they need to have more because nothing's being schemed up versus, versus any team. There's no like we do the same thing. I, I haven't seen any cha- different returns from us. I haven't, We don't barely return at one. I haven't seen anything, but we do the same. Same, we don't even try to really block the punt. We don't scheme up anything personalized any week that I'm noticing. So that just and I know I know we're not putting as much time to it as we have when I was on the team. I do know that. And in terms of extra time on and off the practice field. Um yeah. and I think we need that advantage right now. We because we're yeah. we're losing every 50-50. So Guess we need what a five in bucket. point flip games. Special teams fucking matters. Yeah, it gives us an extra first down. You know what? Then we we're ten yards close to that fucking end zone, and God knows we know that we need that because that the ten can be the fucking fifty for us for all we know this season. And we need we we might we we would love you know it'd be great if we had a freaking play like that where they muff the Aaron, punt I know or we force say. a fumble. Right, it'd be no, great. We, we could use that nowadays. This three this three game run we're on right now. So we're so not getting monetized this episode. <laughs> Ryan has said fuck no, 47 no. times. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Well, well, hey, I hey man. Thank you to the Louisville assholes that have monetized the Scott Satterfield videos to the point we don't have to care if this one gets monetized or not. <laughs> Fucking clowns. No, I, but Royer, you're right. Like Remember how how many block punts like really just aided momentum and like just kind of buried teams for the most part during your time there? I I haven't seen them get close to a block punt this year. Like like not even sniff it. I don't know if it's you because know you... why all those all those happened because we literally had like a we coach Mason would draw up like a literal it'd be like inventing a new blitz every single week against a team's like a specific blitz package for their team by studying film after film, after film, after film, just on their damn punt. It would be not just based off their formation, but the cadence, the where exactly the, the block point is. What yeah. guy is the weakness? Yeah. And we, it would be, dude, it, I Look. couldn't, we need something like that now. Like we, I know we're going all, we're, we're getting all deep on the special team shit. And most people not. They got to pay the witch. They got to make a win to get a block punt. I know. They need to find some – they need something that's going to, like, kickstart this this team right now because we just 
we're floating in kind of this average ass shit right now. It's but driving it's me nuts. That's the frustrating part. It's not average. They are they are controlling the game. They they should it's... be four and one. They are controlling the game and they are not finishing it off with winning plays. Like right. how many times? It's, it's it's hilarious because there were so many times they're not killers. that you guys you guys didn't control games. The opponent yeah. controlled the game and you guys still won. I'm just not feeling that. Just the they, it just does. The team doesn't feel as just like response, like uh, well, competitively responsive. That? Because we not that they're not the, competing hard or no, no, trying listen, hard. It's because we don't have the juice of getting a pick six on a weird play, or the opposing team does something stupid and jumps up and gives you a punt that that you know they should be getting in plus, like great territory at the 35, 30-yard line, and they give it to you at the 15, we're not getting any of that. There's no, no momentum-changing plays happening for Cincinnati. The kickoff that should go out of bounds is rolling out of the back of the end zone. The pitch out yeah. that should be recovered for a scoop and score is rolling out of bounds. At- like there's a giant magnet. Like it's a fucking Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon. Okay. Shout out, shout out. Ryan, I had this idea on Saturday, Ryan. Tell me what you think. For this week and next week, they should do nothing but start at the 25-yard line into the end zone and have 35 yards to work with. And that's it for both the offense and the defense. Just nothing but you start your drive at the 25. You do nothing but that the entire practice. Yeah, that's somewhere they need to improve (laughs) because they seem to have it figured out. On yeah. both sides of the ball, everywhere else. <laughs> just 25 yards, that's it. You just run it yeah. again and again and again for two weeks. Yeah. Or I'm just – I just – I am I alluded to it earlier. I. It's not like I don't think the guy – the guys are playing hard. I think the coaches are coaching hard. It just seems like when we need to – when we need something – to go our way and we need to go out there and kind of force things to go our way with a great drive or a big play on D like it, we just aren't making it happen. And mm-hmm. maybe we just don't have, maybe we're, I mean, we're playing better teams. We're not as talented, but you know, you'd like to think sometimes that you can kind of will your way to some things. That's, that's kind of what we would do um, when I was on when I was playing, but yeah. I don't know. It just feels like, I guess that's kind of that. That's what you'll feel when bounces aren't going your way, left and right, just time after time and again. But I don't know. Just when we need to make something happen, we're not, and then we're having bad luck too. And sometimes you can you can make your own luck. I just don't feel like we're really helping ourselves in that regard either. I mean, we'll see if Ethan Tucky has his six year of eligibility remaining and bring him back. <laughs> for quick, quick bump block. But uh, no, I mean Brian Mason. Special teams coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. That's a pretty rapid rise to uh, to the highest level, if you ask me. So I, that would explain a lot of that. But and guess what? You know, Mason's going to make a shit ton of money being a special teams coordinator at minimum for the rest of his life. Yeah, he is as good as that as anybody I've ever seen. I think he could parlay it into a head coaching job if he wants to. I mean, he in, could. Uh, I'm saying college, at Right. Minimum, that guy's going to make millions of dollars coaching special teams in the oh, NFL yeah. for the rest of his life. For sure. 
for sure. He's that good. Um, I mean, that kind of was the the play that kind of really put things out of reach for for the Bearcats. I mean, I I didn't love the timeout when it was second and one on the one yard line. It's just like feels like a waste. That was of time a waste. Out. Yes, that was yeah. an absolute waste of timeout, especially on the situation that they ran into. It was either the week before, or it was either Oklahoma or Miami, where they had too many men on the field in goal line formation. They've done that now twice this season. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's weird. I, there's also a snap that went over uh, BYU's head that lost them eight, 18 yards or else they could have maybe tacked on another touchdown instead. That's when they missed the field goal. But that following offensive drive, it was four straight rushes, and it ended up being a four and out because um, because uh, Kiner got uh, stonewalled on that fourth down attempt. Um, and then there was the, the Braden Smith kind of moss in the end zone there. Awesome catch. Really awesome catch, but uh, kind of just brought the score closer than than it was. And you had the always fun onside kick that just did not go the Bearcats' way, and uh, brings you to the final of uh, thirty-five to twenty-seven. Anything more on this game, guys? Um, we kind of touched on the the tough parts, but oh, I could I could go for another hour. But oh, me too, me too. I you, did you not can't look. Second time in three weeks. Yeah. That Cincinnati is the team that dominated the game more than anyone and lost. Like last week in the country. They still had damn near 500 yards last week and scored six points. You can't let that go untouched, too. Net success rate. The number one game in the country for the second out of three straight weeks that they said, hey, you guys should have won this game. By happened a against margin and fucking lost both. Right, I, Royer. Here's fucking Royer. Fuck, fuck, fucking fuck. Here's a there. stat for you, Royer. <laughs> Royer, and the three losses for the Bearcats, they have outgained their opponents by a combined 334 yards, and that includes the Oklahoma game, where Oklahoma had a 49-yard advantage. They hold a 77 to 54 advantage in first downs and they have had the ball for nearly 28 more minutes in time of possession. Yet they went 0 for 3 in that stretch. Um, and one of them were, crazy. was a max <laughs> That's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's, unbelievable. That's that. It's really unbelievable. It's frustrating. It All right, let's timestamp this for the uh, BYU Recap, then we'll kind of do a quick uh, look back at the first five games and look look, look ahead. And then uh, I love the pearls. I can't wait for this thing. Keep, keep Quick the paper supply, your local and family owned restaurant supply company for all your non food products. Quick paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick. 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. <laughs> nice timestamp there. <laughs> um, very fitting. Uh, so, uh, of course, I want to I want to wait a little bit for Royer to finish his, his quick break before we uh, dump all these stats. But the announcement uh, for a noon kickoff for homecoming game against Iowa State on the 14th. Um, obviously, we don't love noon kickoffs but hey that is what it is uh 
that'll be two weeks from now, obviously, or not this weekend, but the week following noon kickoff. So the Bearcats are still 48th in SP plus ranking, which is pretty telling of how the season has gone, even though the scores have not gone their yeah, way. They're a top 50 team. They're two and three. What, what yeah. are we doing? It's crazy. Um, 14th in college football, averaging 490 yards per game. We mentioned that. Fourth in the Big 12, UCF, Oklahoma, and TCU. This is where it gets a little crazier. Fifth in the country in average time of possession. First in the Big 12. They are number one. First in the country in total first downs gained. 127 first downs. Yes, yeah, the first down numbers are shocking. 20, oh. 25, 30 first downs a game. Shocking. Get this. Shocking. Get this. UTEP is the next closest with... 116, and that's with six games played. So, yeah, they're kind of blowing out the country in that standing. I, I mean, and then as we, as I kind of mentioned off air, 17 touchdowns scored on the season for the Bearcats. Nine of those came in week one, only eight touchdowns in the four games that followed. Um, I don't know. It's just the, the thought of the offense, uh, through. The first five weeks. I'm, I mean, it just like we've said, it's doesn't seem like too much is broken other than just finishing drives and getting the ball into the end zone. I don't know. It's a it, it's a weird thing when you look at those stats uh, in comparison to the country and then look at the both the record and the scores of the last three games. It's shocking. It, it really is shocking. Like how many things have gone right. To be sitting at three and two, compared to how many things have gone three. wrong. Yeah, but but no, like not even that. Just like how many things have gone right to be sitting at two and three. Like there's so much that's gone right that's overshadowed by the small number of things, the game changing, back breaking things that have gone wrong. There's not a ton that has gone wrong. Like in the grand scheme of things, you look at the first downs, the yards. Like the way the defense like has played against Oklahoma and controlled most of the game against BYU and for the most part dominated Miami. But then you have the first play long touchdown. Like you have the pick six, you have the fumble, you have all the crazy shit that happened in the Oklahoma game. Like it's wild. Yeah, it is. Aaron. No one's being fair to Louisville fans. Bye. <laughs> oh, no. I hope you just put him in timeout. Nope. Fan. He's not even a Louisville fan. I don't care. Oh, my God. If you want to hear about Louisville, go watch shows covering Louisville. He was just... Anyway. He was well actually. The fact that I'm done hearing from Louisville fans. I've heard it for since December. I'm done hearing it. There's no, well, actually, I don't care. It's my network. I'm the czar. I get to make the rules. If you want to talk about Louisville, go somewhere else. I don't It's going to be that kind of show today. That, that mini rant brought to you by Pop John's Pizza. <laughs> I don't know. The, the everyone's everyone feels like they're taking crazy pills right now, watching these games. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I've watched football my entire life. These games don't make any sense. Friday, after Friday's game, it was one of the more, more baffled I've been in a while. <laughs> like, I stayed up late, just, and it was already late. Just like, we all did. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was we, just we were weird. Until, we did this until three plus, like 315 when we, when we parted. It was very weird. Um, Aaron, thoughts on the, the offense? I mean, I and then we'll we'll take a quick look at some defensive numbers, but I, I don't I don't know what to make of it, of this offense. I have no idea. I I think one of the best offenses in the country, Aaron. <laughs> I, I, which I don't I don't. <laughs> I think it has to do with just the fact that we're running so many plays in a game. Yeah, like that's the insane part. They're running 80, 90 plays in a game and they compare them yeah, for 20 points. Yeah. I, right. So like maybe maybe these stats of like most first downs, the most time of possession, maybe that's these, like these are, not good. Right, <laughs> like, these are the numbers. Like, and here's the crazy part. These are the numbers that like when teams started playing fast, like when, yeah. when Chip Kelly in Oregon really started this like trend of like no fast break offense like what Oklahoma yeah. does right now. Like as soon as the play is dead, the ball gets set. You snap the ball. You like Central Florida uh, under Heifel. Um, they were targeting eighty-five to ninety plays. Cincinnati yeah. is not doing that. Mm-hmm. They're not speeding to the line of scrimmage. No, they're just they're giving up a snap off. They're just speeding. giving up a, a forty-plus yard touchdown. Every few drives, what does that have to do like, with offense? I just feel like that—that's how you're getting the ball back so quickly no, and they're, running they're, more plays. They're, they're running more plays because they're getting a a completely absurd number first in the country of first downs. That's how you run as many plays as they're running. Like it doesn't also, have anything to do with the other yes, side of the ball. Absolutely, it does because no, they're—they're they're, they're not. We've they're not through this before. They're not possessing the ball is my point. They give up the ball quickly because the other team, the other team is not possessing the ball very long because Cincinnati is giving up a long touchdown quickly. And so that ends the drive and Cincinnati gets the ball back. That's just not true. They've it's given up long like two times a game. I'm saying this. Which are, it's significant. It's a game which is magnified because the offense stalls out. But the offense is doing everything you should do to run a high number of plays. It doesn't have to do with, like, yeah, the, the the quick touchdown at the end of the half. That didn't create any more offensive snaps for Cincinnati. Not, not that one, but I'm talking about, I don't It just, it's frustrating. The whole thing's frustrating. You're letting the fan cloud, like, what we're, like, the, the topic is the offense is doing almost everything right. And then they get to the 25 or whatever it is, and it just falls apart. Like the number of plays they're putting up is absurd. It's I, absurd. I it, it, it is Chip Kelly, Oregon. It is, uh, you know, the UCF 2017 stuff. And they're not trying to go fast, but they are continuously moving the chains. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this happen. If you didn't continuously get first down after first down after first down, and then you have like what's happening is they're having one set, one tackle for loss, one penalty, 
that puts them behind the chains. And almost the instant that they're behind the chains, the entire operation breaks down. And that ruins all the good that they've done marching down the field. And then the car goes put. Yeah. I'm not going to blame the defense for the, the offense. Like defense played well this year. Plays. Defense All I held said. Home out of 20 points. Defense essentially held BYU to 21. I'm just you saying that's not call. happening. If it was happening all the time, Aaron, I would agree with you, but it's not. It's happening once or twice a game. Like that doesn't that doesn't give you 85 plays because on two plays they had like jailbreak situations where they scored. But that's yeah. that's not. I mean, here's, here's here's a crazy stat that kind of sets it offensively for you. Flash play-wise, Aaron, which is kind of true offensively. It's a massive problem. So, so Cincinnati has, if you take the, the FCS game, they have six plays of 30 yards or more in the last four games. Guess how many plays they have of 40 yards or more in the last four games? Only one. Only one play yeah, of 40 yards or more. kind of run against Pitt, right? I'd have to look it up. All I saw was a stat, but only but one play. Corey had the, the long run early in the pit game, 50, yeah. 60 yards, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Because it was Aaron 60 asked yards. him after the game why he was fat and slow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't ask that. So I'm looking at the drive chart what, for BYU. That a conference ever. <laughs> be, be faster. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the drive chart for BYU. Uh, the last play. The, the last drive of the, the first half, obviously we knew 30 seconds, three plays, 82 yards. And then the first drive of the second half, five plays, 73 yards, two minutes and two seconds, touchdown. Okay. Then, their, then their next drive after that, four plays, 75 yards, two and a half minutes, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, when you get <clears> – <throat> Well, then you have to go to the first half where three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Like that's they had three, three, three and outs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just as responsible as the they only have five plays on offense on a two minute touchdown. Correct, but on the scoring drives, that's where it's a very short drive, time wise, possession wise which was the only point I was trying to make, where about every three or four possessions, they're giving up a quick scoring drive. That was the only point that I was I trying know, to make. But it just doesn't match with – if Cincinnati wasn't moving the ball, then the numbers wouldn't look like how they looked. If they weren't getting a, a ton of first downs. Wasn't, here's the problem. Here's the actual thing that, like, we're, like it's to discuss the situation. They're getting a ton of first downs. Ten and a half yards at a time. Yeah. Like, this is what we went back to last week on not enough, what Brent's getting to on not enough chunk plays. Guess what? You're going to have a bunch of first downs and a bunch of time of possession if you're getting first downs 10 yards at a time. You're not getting a 40-yard play, a 50-yard play. And that's what shortens your offensive numbers there. Like that's what shortened BYU's offensive numbers there because they hit the bullshit, you know, hand grenade that the guy caught. Like, but since that's not getting any of those, any 
So they are having to move the ball essentially 10 and a half yards at a time. When they get a first down, they get it by like this much, it feels like. Everybody's so mad in the beginning of this game because the officials were spotting the ball one yard the other yeah, way. What was that all about? Right? That was weird. I was like, I was like, have I had too many pops or are they spotting the short? Doesn't feel like we're and when we do get an explosive play, like it we can't we we never really get in the end zone with it. It might just get cut off at like 20 yards. But I don't mind that, right? But if it's a 40 yard play that takes you down to the the 12 yard line, awesome. We're not getting those. And you know what that does? That puts the defense on their heels and kind of you know you're able to kind of catch them scrambling a bit instead of like letting the defense set every single play because you're doing a methodical long drive that picks up six here, eight there, 12 here, 10 there. So yeah, I agree. I, Royer, you missed the, uh, the two crazy stats that I said. They're, they're fourth in the country, fourth in all college football in first downs. To- no, sorry. in in time of possession, I think it was. And then first overall in the country in first downs gained. It's I just- think a crazier one. Can anyone name me any college football team ever? Can you name even five that have that average around 500 yards of offense, only give up 20 points a game, or right around and there on defense? And you're two and three. They hold a no. Just simplify. Simplify it like this. Just simplify this. It, it's blowing my mind. I can't believe it. 500 yards of offense on on offense and your defense gives up right around 20 points a game in five games and you're two and three. Can, can anyone find me anyone that's ever done that before? I think that's like unheard of. I think it's impossible. <laughs> can, can you, you guys have been covering this. You guys have been covering shit. Like, cause when I played football, I never I got anything like shit. it. Couldn't compare it to anything. I like that is mind boggling. I, I don't, I don't, what do we average a game? 480, you said? 490. 490. Last week, we last week we gave up 28 points. First game, we gave up 13. Miami, we gave up, what, 38? Uh, 35, uh, 34, 34. 34. Pitt, we gave up, what? 24, I think, 25, maybe. So we're hovering. And, 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 all right, let's take – Take out the fucking pick six from BYU. That that's not a defensive point allowed. And take out the fifteen yard fucking drive for them off the muff punt. And take out some flu plays. And in all, like yeah, wow. If we really want to be honest, like this defense is a twenty point a game defense. And they let up Oklahoma. They only let Oklahoma score twenty points on them. Yep. They had forty and, and a half uh, last week. By the way. Yeah. Against what it's supposed to be one of the best defenses of the Big 12 in Iowa State. 40 at halftime. We're two and three, though. We're two and three with 500 yards of offense a game and 20 points a game on D. And I don't think anyone ever has has had is has, has that scenario. And like you could if say you that really simplify it. You could say that the, the EKU game's throwing off the total yardage, but if you take that away, they're, they're still averaging 445 yards per game offensively, which is still a, a high number against the four teams yes. that they played. Look, if we said at the beginning of the season that this team through five games, they get to the bye averaging 450 yards of offense a game, 4-1, four 4-1. One. Four one. 
Like that's yeah. we all thought. That's the fresh. We all thought this would be a two and three team, three and two, two and three, somewhere in there going into the bye. Right. They're not far off from where people thought they were going to be. Three mm-hmm. and two. I didn't think they were. Yeah, but Pitt. most people had them losing at Pitt. Yeah. We didn't know at that time Pitt was dog shit. Right. Before the season. <laughs> like, everybody would have had them three and two if we knew now what we knew about Pitt then. Right. But the reason it, it it's creating so much angst and so much anger amongst the fan base is you've had two games. Where the metrics and the eye test and the numbers show you are clearly the better team, and they're zero two. Block field goal, pick six, muff punt. I I mean it's just crazy, <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, defensively, real fast. Uh, these are kind of interesting. You know, we we kind of were talking about the the havoc that was coming in on on defense. And, uh, oh, man, they are uh, 54th in the country with seven turnovers gained and 55th in the country and 2.4 sacks per That's the other thing about BYU we haven't talked about. Zero turnovers, zero sacks. Right. I didn't have enough time to look it up. Keaton Slow is in the statue. I I, I didn't even realize that. I'm starting to wonder. Zero turnovers, zero sacks. When do you think the last time that that happened? I, I can't even wrap my Zero mind around sacks it. Sacks is crazy. I thought I would ne- that would never happen one game. I thought we'd have a sack every game. Right. Now they should have had like there were a couple, you know, the the Jack Dingle in the interview or in the end zone where he, he barely gets it away. The the touchdown where they had him, Dorian Jones free run right to him. He makes one quarter step to the right, and Dorian Jones just misses him. We and should then, have attacked Slovis like we attacked. Um, I don't think they want enough up front to do it. Well, I know, but we we were sending two backers when we started smelling the blood in the water. I would the way we, we just played, never got the blood in the water. Yeah, I I think, but we kind of had blood in the water on their offense in the first half in terms of just like they, they did? couldn't do shit. They had thirty-two mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they, they just knew. They sack. knew. It didn't come via sack, but they were three and out every drive outside of the first one. Yeah. Which they got to what the 50. That's the other thing. It's like if if Dorian sacks Keaton, which I would say nine out of ten times that ends up in a sack. I mean, Keaton just did did no lay on Dorian and somehow got out got out of it and threw up just an absolute prayer that was answered. And you know, BYU. That looked like it was in slow motion. Right, it was so weird. run to the quarterback, and somebody hit the, the, the slow motion button. Right, like like a glitch. Like a glitch happened, and he just... And he jumped two steps Yeah, over. it's weird. So weird. And then it ended up in a 59-yard touchdown, but it's weird. Yeah, um, we'd like to see maybe more sacks and, and, and more overall turnovers, obviously, because that's that's something that Louisville did, really did well, but I don't know if it's a personnel thing. I don't know if it's a if it's scheme thing with, with the personnel or what exactly it is. What did I but, talk about at the beginning of the season? Yeah. They've got right. a lot of power at the line of scrimmage. They do not have a lot of speed. And they they flex the power a lot. They really do. Right. But you've got to have that that speed guy. Yeah. You've got to have that guy on third and seven that says, I'm coming for your throat. 
Right. I agree. I they agree. don't. They, they just don't have that guy. They, they don't. They haven't been able to develop one since my show. I agree. And my show was the only one they developed. If we're, we're being quite honest. I agree. Um, real quick, guys, what is your your highest point of the first five games? Go around the circle. The first six offensive possessions against Eastern Kentucky. Okay, we'll look back fondly on those for years. Okay, six six possessions, six touchdowns. It was nasty. Aaron, highest point, beating Pitt, and okay. getting to drive home from Pitt after a win. Instead of a loss. Happy. Happy man. Second now with Aaron. Yeah. I can't really think of anything. I guess Jack Dingle's sack in the pit game. Just kind of, you just felt like we just kind of just, the nail was in the coffin. That's probably my favorite moment. Coffin. Nails. Ah, man. Uh, Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. I I mean, I would say mine was was EKU because man, at, just the entire game. Because like after that, it's like okay, we got something with this offense, and it they carried it over to the uh, first half of the pit game, especially. But yeah, um, and then obviously the pit game was big, but just that entire offensive performance in the EKU game. Uh, lowest point, I think this is pretty easy all around. Um, I, I'll say Miami. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Black victory goal in the overtime. Yeah. Being rang on the CPAW. Oh, yeah, let's let's shut shut that one real quick. Um, biggest surprise so far, first five games could be good or bad. Mine is the thing I just went on the rant about the five hundred plus twenty points. I yeah. think that's the biggest surprise I've ever seen in college football, mm-hmm. statistic wise. I agree. Um, I'll say losing three in a row. I don't think I, I saw that coming, at least not five games in, losing three in a row. Mm-hmm. Looking at the schedule, I don't think any of us saw three in a row anywhere on this schedule in the first five games. Yeah, I agree. Because nobody saw a lot in my game. Correct. Yeah. I think most people knew Oklahoma was unlikely and short week to BYU was also – a daunting task that, but that was why you couldn't lose the Miami game. But the, the, the way the schedule plays out matters and you can't put yourself in a position where you have to either beat Oklahoma or go on the road to beat what BYU because you pissed down your leg against Miami. Mm-hmm. That's just, By the way, I want to go on record saying I don't think it mattered what helmets they were going to be wearing for this game. I mean, they could wear space helmets. I thought the jerseys looked nice. I love the Stormtrooper look. Yeah. I the love aesthetics. The, the aesthetics of that game were, were beautiful. Um, yeah, my biggest surprise was was that damn Miami game. That, that, that thing just beginning to end. And then I feel like I was in a fever dream. Watching the BYU game on Friday, like, what the hell is this thing again? It just, it's so weird. It, it is pretty, pretty damn mind boggling. Um, I mean, for me, the biggest surprise is watching that field goal get blocked. Yeah. Yep. Because it was all going to be erased. Like, right? Like, it, it was another one of those Miami games where it feels like it's one or the other. Like, it's a blowout or it's like Cincinnati's, like, 
Got figuring out a way to tough it out. And they had a chip shot. And watching that get blocked, uh, there was I would have been shocked at that point if Cincinnati won that game because the, the momentum. The whole BCJ family was there in the corner watching it together. Yeah. It was just like, oh yeah. gosh. As soon as that kick was blocked, it was like they, they're not winning this game. Miami's actually going to win this. The vibes in Nippert after that were just so weird. It was just, and then they went down and scored two plays. I was like, oh, this is this is a wrap. Turned into the to the damn Tennessee Titans. Uh, weird. <laughs> uh, next up, breakout player so far. Hmm. Do I have one? I mean, I guess Shaman after what we saw at BYU. Yeah, had I don't know years. if there's anybody on defense that I feel like has had a breakout. Yeah. You? Brett's has been really good. Dante Maybe. and Juwan have been really good. But we Dingle if he, if he would have kept up the after Pitt. But. I mean, he lost leverage so many times. What did you think about that, Brian? Did you feel like he was, he was there for the tackle and lost leverage? I don't know if it was whatever shoulder or whatever happened last week, but it felt like against BYU he was, he was there, but he couldn't finish guys off. Yeah, it, it's also hard for me to watch defense from the um, the TV copy, and I don't know all their calls, so I it's hard. I can kind of try you to pick up. Squared up, and yeah. he drives you back like that's. Yeah, no, that's not good. I know that, but it's just hard for me to like really break down his performance. Like I would. If they let me, if I could find a way to watch film, I'd do it every week for you guys. To, <laughs> but I, it's just hard. It's hard because everything happens huh? so. Yeah, everything happens so fast, and so. I'm sure. I'm sure of what you saw, Chad, because I didn't. I didn't really notice it because it's hard for me to pick up on something sometimes. Um, I know which play you're talking about, Chad. It was like a catch over the couple. middle. Yeah, there was, but a there was one the where middle, there was a play by the like, line. Yeah, would have shut him down, and then he like gained that one extra yard to pick up the first down. Yeah, no, um, you like can't get Adonis and lose leverage in short yardage situations. Aaron knows about yeah. that, baby. Uh, I mean, I feel like Shaman's probably got to be the answer just because parlaying a couple good plays against Oklahoma to that performance at BYU. Um, I just got to keep it up. But guess what? Defenses aren't sleeping on Shaman Mateer anymore. No. Not at all. Uh, I mean, maybe a hat tip to Miles Montgomery. He just hasn't really had the ability to get as many carries up to this point. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I, I just uh, don't know, like, who, like, the, the, the funny thing is the obvious answer is Emory because he's played really well, but he hasn't played really well in those small number of like game breaking situations where mm-hmm. he could go out and win you the game. He hasn't done that. So then he doesn't get to be the breakout player because he hasn't finished, you know, enough, enough of the job. Can you say Xavier? Yeah, to an extent, but he's still yeah. outside of EKU. Like they haven't been able to get him over the top. They haven't been able to like, 
<laughs> hit him for chunk plays. They've been able to they've been able to take advantage of free release. Like he has been the free release king so far this year. Yeah. I just meant but, more volume volume than anything. Volume, yeah, because teams are giving him a free release. So Emery's like, all right, I'll take the 10. But when even you on the red zone, we talked about even, it this week. Even on those, though, I feel like when D. Wiggins is getting his, like they're ending up in in drops, as opposed to or or overthrow a good throw, over, overthrows or underthrows. Yeah, biggest his connection with D. Wiggins has been really good. Like D. Wiggins has been, if like if you looked, I, I would love to know the number of D. Wiggins first downs because I bet right. it's a lot. So yeah, about, I can see that, Aaron. Yeah. Xavier, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I, I just like run, run him over the top. Yeah. See if you can like where is that deep ball that we heard about and we saw at camp that was so good for memory. We can't get to that. That's yeah. It's frustrating. Uh biggest singular play of the first five games. Single sack, I guess. I think that, yeah, the catch and slash or the 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 uh, toss throw that was just unbelievable. The dot, the the Braden Smith dot to D. Yeah, Yeah. um, it's probably you're right there. It's Braden Smith on the in that corner of the end. The doing it in the bin spot, like like you know, twenty two inches from where Ben's got the most famous pass in UC history. Right, and then doing it right there, yeah, that's the right answer. I'm I'm gonna also throw out uh, the fourth down and five completion touchdown to Xavier Henderson against Eastern Kentucky, just because it kind of, you know, set set a tone that obviously has kind of not really changed, but is a little bit affected now since. Of, well, yeah, if things look if things look better right now, we'd go back to that play and say that was like, right, that was the catalyst for this offense being dominant. That dangle sack was awesome. I, I mean, the the sacks in that game against Pitt, like Dante's sack, Dewan's sack, like that was just like some some grown men out there just battering, yeah. ramming. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a handful to choose from, but um, yeah. Biggest moment, or uh, kind of not really play wise. I, I mean, I kind of threw this one in there because I've got one in mind. But kind of moment, whether it be on or off the field, so far. What do you got? If you got something to mind, for an example, it's it would just be the the atmosphere before the Oklahoma game. Um, just campus, all the way up until you know on the field, never before, you know, snap having big noon kickoff there. Just that atmosphere right there was like. You know, it, it, Nippert might not be the biggest stadium in the world, but it's got an atmosphere that is Power Five, Big Twelve worthy. And I think the uh, the country was kind of put on notice a little bit, even though the the outcome of the game isn't what uh, what was intended for. I'll say after the pit game, where everybody thought that this team might be able to win eight, and I think people were talking about up to eight, nine games this season. Yeah. And <laughs> me, same, yeah. The, the Kool-Aid never tasted better than after that game. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. dunking my head in the Kool-Aid. The, the best um, part of that is, if I had told you after that game, the numbers against Miami and BYU, you would have been like, oh, four and one minimum. Minimum. Right. 
Right. And we well, might, you would have told me we hold Oklahoma to 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say Oklahoma scored 20, 20 points. Yeah. Five and oh, my mind, I would have said we won with the crash course to the three-game losing streak in the history of the program. It just doesn't 500 yards sense. on the on the yeah. road <laughs> on a short week at BYU. It doesn't Jeez. make sense at all. Yeah, like, uh, and I know BYU had a lot of people injured and whatnot, but that was like the one game everyone looked at prior to the year, like after Oklahoma. This is a scary one on a short week. And it's like they dominate. Uh, like the, the whole at first elevation. Half, whole, whole first half was domination. It's just like, I don't know. Until Elevation didn't the matter. Final defense 40 minutes, on the field for 50 40 plays. Yeah, elevation, smell elevation. That, that, that's what we're here. But, um, <laughs> smell uh, <laughs> the last one, uh, the biggest area of improvement needed for the team. All of them. All the areas. Red zone. DB and all short, short area, high leverage situations for the offense. Yeah. Um, for me, I, Chad, you kind of alluded to it. I, I want them to hit that deep ball that we heard Emery was throwing so doggone well. You know, we had that one. I watched miss. it. I yeah. saw it. He was hitting it every day. He's not even throwing it now. The one miss against Oklahoma that a lot of ended them. in a touchdown. It just well, you know, the, the miss against the, BYU. The we haven't talked about the pick six would never have happened if he hits the deep ball down the sideline on second down. Wide open. Two steps, and the ball is five yards over shot and out of bounds. Like, he did not give Xavier Henderson, I think that's who it was, even a a shot at catching that football on second down. He hits that. The complexion of the game is completely different. Yep. Looks like it was, yeah, on that second down. You're right. Um, looks like it was intended for. It was one of them. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Braden Smith is what it says. Left of Braden Smith. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he had a wide right. open shot I down agree. the sideline where the guy was going to run for 60 yards minimum and missed it. Right. You can't miss that throw that early in a game where you're trying to take control on the road and shut the, the you know, a rowdy. Raucous sixty thousand person crowd up. It's what it's what Miami did early in that game. You hit that kill shot early, yep. and doubt sets in. They mm-hmm. missed it, and then the next throw is a pick six, and now they have, you know, they have the upper hand. I agree. Um, last but not least, the area that you guys feel most comfortable in regards to the team heading into the. Uh, Second half of the season, punter. He hasn't had a great year. We're not talking about it. Fletch has not been Fletch. He's had some punts that look like him. Yeah, like a thirty-nine yarder, like with a chance to boom one in flip field position. But he has not been great. I, Carter Brown, but even he had the 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 block. Like I don't know. I, I don't think there's anywhere. Royer? Yeah, I feel most I feel most comfortable with punter. <laughs> uh the D line interior Dante. They're not getting sacks. <laughs> They're still being disruptive. And sometimes that's 
just it's still as it needs to be recognized because they've lost their last three. Yeah, they, they didn't get a sack. I'm still I'm right still bet I'm still betting on those guys. Is what I mean, and I'm I'm always gonna I'm gonna I'm comfortable with them. You know, I'm not saying they're lighting the world on fire, but there's not a lot to pick from. It's really not linebacker. Not. It's not corner. It's not safety. Uh, maybe running back. Maybe running back. Outside yeah. of the Oklahoma game, they're churning out 250 yards a game. Maybe it's running back. Top 10 in the country in, in rushing, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Me, uh, right. They're we're 10th in the country in rushing, and we're 2-3. and three. Let me let me pull it up add, to be add exact. That's the fold, man. Yeah, Can number, like a, number 10 like in the country. Can you a stat guy to, like, add, but, like, create, like, a metric score of, like, all of, like, Points allowed, they, yards for, yards against, rush all. The they can't shooting. rush. <laughs> they can't rush in the high leverage situations though. They can't rush at goal line. They can't rush third and short, like third, third, third and short, exactly fourth, right. fourth and short, fourth and one. Yeah. We have a severe high leverage handicap. Like it is a stunt. Mind like boggling. Handicapping, a, handicapping our teams severely. They got a bunch of guys that don't know you can't stick your head all the way into the fan. That you have <laughs> yeah. to just let it grow. It's gotta be eyebrows and above. And up, you got, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a bunch of guys taking the fan blade to the nose. <laughs> the bridge of the nose <laughs> yeah, is not where you take the fan blade on high to hit. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> We'll talk more next week. Obviously, next week will be a big uh, basketball-centric pod as well, but uh, we'll dive in more to game-by-game aspect and, and what needs to happen against Iowa State. But, uh, I mean, that's that, that's what we got for now. Let's let's timestamp this, and we'll uh, touch on recruiting, then hop in that mailbag. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, they provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month purchases. Boom, boom, boom. Thanks, Thanks Ed. Ed. You have a good night, too, brother. All right, real quick. Uh, it, was, it was cool to see some of just a little bit of highlights from the uh, commitments uh, as far as their football season goes. Kale Woodburn, big stat line, eight catches, 137 yards, touchdown. Marquise Parker has six sacks at the midseason point. That's a, that's a, a stat that the Bearcats would love to, to bring in. Um, you saw another two-touchdown game. For Gavin Grover, who is huge in person, so uh, get excited about that one. Uh, Deb Zahersky, oh big boy, Deb Zahersky. He reminds me of Josh when, like, when you first saw how big Josh was. Right. Well, and then what does Devin Zahersky remind you of? It two hundred fifty pounder. He's in there as a wildcat quarterback. Takes a snap, runs at sixty five yards for a touchdown. Outruns the defense. That's a that's another big fella coming in for the tight end room. Be exciting. Exciting punch. Um, on the basketball side of things, uh, Tyler Betsy dropped his commitment date, uh, October 6th at 3 p.m. Final three are Alabama, 
UConn, and Cincinnati. You know, if you took it, take a look at Betsy's uh, offer list. Outstanding. It is a uh, an offer list that looks awesome, and uh, it'll, it'll yeah, a who's who of the uh, basketball world, if you will. Um, but yeah, big commitment date coming up this Friday, three p.m. Looks like I believe two four sevens carrying the commitment. Yes. Um, so it's going to be all eyes for Bearcats fans on one Tyler Betsy. We don't typically do nightcaps on Friday. I think we might this Friday. I don't know. We'll see. I think there's a decent chance we have a show Friday. Very good. Very good. That 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 is called a crumb. So stay locked in. Stay locked sprinkle, in. Sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. Uh, the staff also visited Travis Perry. Um, any update on that recruitment? I think, but Perry was in uh, Ole Miss this past weekend. I think it's Cincinnati or Ole Miss. I mean, I guess Kentucky could decide to make a move, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen as we we get into this decision making process. Um, We'll see. He's got to visit the Cincinnati later in the month. That's uh, as long as that happens. I think there's, you know, Cincinnati and Ole Miss are probably the two at the the top of the board with Kentucky uh, there, but not really doing a lot to make themselves a major factor. So we'll see on that. We'll, we'll we're monitoring. Much like yeah. we were monitoring Tyler Betsy before yep. he came on the Cincinnati visit, mm-hmm. we'll monitor Perry until he visits Cincinnati, and we'll see where it goes from there. Monitorization. If you head to someone's uh, golf state championship match, I think you are highly monitoring him as well. So You're not going to practice. You don't get a chance to talk to him. You're not meeting with mom and dad. You are specifically going to say, we support you in all your endeavors including your quest for a state golf championship. Like that is a level of uh, attention that most don't uh, make. Didn't it, what, what was it? Josh Reed went golfing with Wes on his visit, right? Uh, yeah, I believe they went golfing and then they took him to the, uh, the uh, school, the, whatever, uh, Damn it, the study of rocks. It's the study of rocks. Yeah. Uh, paleontology. Yeah. Paleontology or whatever. Like they literally, all the people came out in that department and treated him like he was a zoo animal because they had never seen a basketball player be interested in their Look field of at study. This rock. <laughs> geology is the study of rocks. Yeah. Gosh, geology. So, you are so is. good, Aaron. You are so good. I took geology. Oh, yeah. I I, I, I think get my science credits. I was I was down to geology. How'd and you dinosaurs. do it, geology? That was the one we had the test banks for. We were good there. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I was down to like single a single class, only the labs. Aaron, I was down for down to like a geology class or dinosaurs and their relatives. I I picked dinosaurs and their relatives. Probably a top five hardest class of my entire entire college career was was dinosaurs and their relatives. It was unbelievable. You, you, you don't know how many different 
freaking words and names there are for these Dagon dinosaurs. It's it's incredible. And they oh, all it's like crazy. there was a whole continent of dinosaurs. A it whole era. A whole time era. Yeah. Paleontologists, paleontology. Whatever. I just that was, my, the, that was my freshman year too. So I'm like drinking heavily, and I'm like, wait a minute. I, I know, but like the, the study of paleontology, dinosaurs, like there's a whole. Anyway, there's a whole. Thing Rapa, Trapa Sapa, Teratops. You know, I'm like, what? I just thought that was too. Come to mind, but I'm not tell it. Okay, hey, we'll uh, move it on and, and keep <laughs> off it. Uh, so, so I saw what Jane, Jane Quinn's went. On an official visit to USF this past weekend, like what? What? I'm, I'm guessing. You know how we've heard a bunch of rumors about kids getting paid to go on official visits. Yeah. What was that all about? I mean, take that five G's, bro. I guess you just check out uh, Tampa for the weekend. Cool like, I have no, I have no belief that that kid. There's any chance that kid's going to come to Cincinnati. There's nothing in the tea leaves that says. Right, that so weird, weird I, I would maybe they get them on campus for an official, and maybe things go great, and the tide changes on that one. But I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting any, uh, putting any of my chips on that staff. And, and the other crazy thing is that the staff has had a lot of success with big men out of the. Out of the portal as well. Ensure there's there's the stipulations that are still surrounding the two big men that transferred in this year. But it it seems as if it's you know they think hey I I mean we can potentially fill a hole through the portal that way as well if we if we swing and miss on these on these two really right. big prospects that we we're going after. So um, big man uh, heading down to USF. It, it was sunny down there this weekend I believe. So might. Have, might have watched him play like Rice or something. I think is who they played. Where the this hell is he season. even at school now? Like, is he at ING or? Aren't you in Orlando? Who me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, Choco Beach, opposite side. Right. Yeah, it was good weather. Tampa was like three hours. Since it was like three hours away. It's like it's like Tampa area. I'm not Tampa. I'm three hours away other, from Tampa. Other coast. Other coast. Yeah. Other coast. So, so it's like saying, like, hey, how's the weather in Cincinnati while you're in Athens? It could be completely different. But uh, Aaron's internet can attest to that. Exactly. <laughs> Florida's Florida, baby. The weather's fine okay. here. We've been out, we haven't had internet. We haven't had power for 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost our power. The power company says they should be here in three weeks to fix it. It's sunny. Um, there were four drops of rain. <laughs> there wasn't even rain the last time. I counted each sunny. of them. You said you said the converter dropped on your house or something. What was that? That, that was a, that was a different. Anyway, yeah. All right, let's get this moving. Yes. Um, real quick, the uh, time, the tip-off time for the cross Sound shootout was announced. Uh, Six thirty. On October 4th, sorry, not October, geez, December. Um, so that's always fun. I love those late night tip offs. Uh, December 9th, pardon me. Um, and then, of Ethan course, we'll be there covering the game. I will not be entering that godforsaken hellhole. Maybe with a disguise in the stands. No. No. Zero percent chance. 
Um, anything else basketball? We'll have a big basketball uh, combo next. next we'll have time. we'll have a bunch of basketball stuff tomorrow. There is a uh, there's a media availability tomorrow, and then uh, an open practice, and uh, should be good to go with uh, kind of getting into basketball season. Brent, I, I like look. I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah, it's really hard. If you're planning on a full basketball show, we don't know shit until we know the answer to these waivers. True. Like it's it's just gonna be hard to talk about. But like until well, we have an answer, right? Dissecting this basketball season is damn near impossible. Because but we can still talk about you know what we do know are the but it's it's two completely different like teams. The, the right. what we talk about is completely different depending on zero waivers, one waiver, two waivers. Right. Like every scenario it's it, it, it's like writing your Lindy's article to preview the season in May. That was super fun. Right. Without knowing Ben Bryant was going to transfer. Super like, fun. Yeah. Like, we'll do it. I'm down. Like, we got to talk Did basketball. you say starting quarterback was going to be Ben Bryant, Aaron? Well, he had. I had, I had, I had or. Right? Oh, yeah, or. Yeah. That's the right way. Yeah. So, like, I. We will talk a shit ton of basketball next week. I'm down to talk a shit ton of basketball. I'm just saying. Hey, let's. Every conversation changes. Let's with, hope some news drops then. You know, that's, that's a week away. Um, some news did drop in for another team, which was positive. I saw it today. I'm looking it up real fast. There, there was a two-time transfer that was granted eligibility. Um, if I find the tweet, it was, um, I don't know. He, yeah, there we go. Uh, little rocks. KK Robinson received a waiver from the NCAA is an eligible is eligible for the 2023, 24 season. Two-time transfer was at Texas A&M and Arkansas. So you're saying there's a chance. That's all I got to say. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more basketball next week. Uh, schedule release, obviously. We'll be held up in that one as well, and just uh, we'll we'll talk a tale of two cities next uh, next week on the pod. But uh, let's go and timestamp, and we'll head into the mailbag. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right. Yeah, buddy. Here we go with uh, – it's, it's a decent, decently deep mailbag. So Hell, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Starting off in the football portion of the mailbag. I noticed several Bearcat defenders slipping on the natural turf at BYU, leading to wide-open touchdowns. Who's responsible for getting our guys into the right shoes for the turf? Coaches, equipment managers, what can you tell us about the process? Are there any more games on grass this year? I remember a comment about the grass being cut high at BYU. Was that Cunningham? I believe it was Cunningham who said that. It was Cunningham. Uh, There's no... I'm not even going to dive too much into it being that much of a factor. It just happens in football sometimes. I mean, it's there. There are occasions where if it rains and it's going to be extremely muddy, there are like secondary cleats that are more like 
bigger spikes, but you, there's no, you don't ever really, you wear the same cleats kind of every week, no, regardless of turf versus grass. Do you think it was the, uh, not the even Tahoma? worth the, Royer, do you think it was the Tahoma 31 Bermuda grass that was at the uh, Super Bowl this past year? <laughs> oh, yeah, that nightmare. Yeah, it must have been that. Man. <laughs> hey, I'm um, a grass guy, so I, I'm, I'm all for the grass. No hey, Kathy, let's it. see if your outside voice will let your comments into the Wait, wait, what did Kathy say? She told me to use my inside voice. So I'm telling her to use her outside voice to see if that. So you must have raised your voice like an hour ago, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. Uh, asking about asking about are there any more games on grass? Um, you got Oklahoma State. So. I'm not sure if Oklahoma State is or not down in Texas. Uh, then Houston. Oklahoma is not in Texas. Oklahoma is. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Aaron. Oklahoma I mean, State. I, I was I was thinking Houston, Texas. It's pretty sorry. close though. You're Oklahoma okay. State, oh, Houston, and West Virginia, but. Houston's all turf. Turf. Well, okay. and well, Oklahoma State though did they they did make the Tahoma Thirty One Bermuda grass. So who knows? It was developed by Oklahoma State University. So you know, buy those cleats, buy those deep cleats real quick. Fired up. All right. Uh, what would you say was the best performance after a buy over the past ten years? <laughs> This is a Royer question, so Royer, get, get ready to line it up. Moving can, on. Can Royer give a background of what happened that led to it if there was anything significant? Do you remember who you even had after all of the lies no, while you were I don't. in Cincinnati? Yeah, I don't, I honestly. And I don't I don't know if I really want to go through the schedule each year the past 2017 through 22. Oh, too bad we're doing Wait, it. No, um, didn't we? Didn't we fucking we we uh, had Notre Dame off a of bye, right? Yes, we did. Perfect. Yeah. There it is. That's the we were on the team. Notre That's Dame good. after a bye. There you go, baby. We beat IU. We had a bye, and we went into the the fight in Freeman. Notre Dame State. Kelly's actually. They were a, the a, a back a background of what happened is we won. Good job. Well, all well, right. There was also, the, hey, here's another good one. How about 2020? You play that kind of hogslog game against uh, USF at home, and then you travel to SMU, who was ranked number 16th in the country, and y'all take down SMU 42 to 13. Oh, yeah. The Desmond Ritter party. I mean, hey, after a bye, there's there's a little success out here. Yeah, we were a good bye team when I was there. I'd be happy with two red zone touchdowns at this point. Yes. Yeah. It could happen. <laughs> All right. At what point does Lichtenberg replace Emory Jones? What would have oh, to happen for the staff wow. to look to the team's future? Um, I don't. Come on, guys. No. That's just like. Do you, say it out loud before before you hit send. Just let's think here. It, I don't see. I don't see what that does for your season. The coaches Radio know DeBerg that somebody is else good better than Emory Jones. The coaches know that somebody else is better than their starter, but they're gonna play this guy and lose games. 
because they don't want the guaranteed however many millions on their contract. For those keeping track, Emory had 256 yards in the air, 94 on the ground, accounted for 340 yards against BYU. Just saying. Three, three touchdowns through the air. Hey, uh, Royer, 2019, you guys lost against Ohio State at Ohio State. We won't mention that. But the next game following at Marshall, I believe you saw the field at that one. Yes, sir. Hey, baby. That, that, that was the a The fall drubbing. of the Bolden Empire, that Marshall game. That was ended Bolden's career, running in a straight line on kickoff in the garbage time. Huntington, West Virginia has never been the same since the Bearcats rolled through there. Yep. Chad's Chad's spot, Chad's college, the thundering herd. We are Marshall. Ooh. All right, are I've we never, really? I've never seen the movie. Are we really <laughs> just a couple plays away from being four and one? Make a field goal yes. versus Miami. Don't muff a momentum killing punt return versus BYU, or throw a pick six on the first series. The question is. Would four and one be a mirage if we had made those plays, or should we be proceeding into game six like that? Four and one, not two and three, is who we really are. You are what your record says you are. No, but he does have a point. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you're four and one right now, and you're going into Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, three teams that have struggled, and you've got a a significant momentum. You're looking at potentially seven and one, six and two, and your inaugural yep. Big Twelve season. Oh, what could have been. Now all we can and do instead, is be five and three to salvage this horrendous. And beginning. instead, they're wearing pants with pee stains down the leg. They yeah. washed those out. Come on, man. Maybe shit stains. Those are harder to get out. <laughs> especially in the white ones. What was the most shocking thing about the BYU loss from an execution perspective? Number one, continued ineffectiveness with pass blocking. Number two, very little pressure on the quarterback when that is supposedly a hallmark of a Brian Brown defense. Number three, no turnovers force. Number four, continued lack of playmaking in critical moments slash no luck whatsoever Ooh. from the football gods. Good list from Killer V. They hit on it about everything that we talked about, why we lost. Shocking, I would say uh, it's not shocking that we're not capitalizing in critical scenarios because that's proven to be something we've struggled with. Shocking is probably no sacks and no pressure. Yeah, I would agree. Because honestly, if you do that and create a little havoc, I, I mean, sure, you dominated <laughs> the first 29 minutes of the game defensively but you create that little extra havoc like you said you get a turnover in positive territory and all of a sudden you got the momentum even higher than it's been all all game and you maybe punch in the score but well, it just oh. it would might have negated might have negated one of their touchdowns too right right the conversation around the team is wrapped changed do you believe or agree with the statement that this team is talent deficient especially as it pertains to the teams we've played and will play according to espn analytics for whatever that's worth uc is the favorite to win every game but ucf and at west virginia albeit 
all, but I think one of them fall within the 60 to 40 range. We need to win at least four of these coin flip games. What are the major factors to get that done and play a bowl game for a solid year one? To Royer, how big of a role do you think coaching plays in the coin flip type games? Plays 90% of it. Um, well, I mean, that means you got to put your players in the place to succeed and your players got to go execute. But I think I think we have the guys that can and will execute if put in the right spot. And I think we have guys that will kind, that can kind of make plays on, like go out there and make plays and just be a gamer too. So I don't think it's necessarily a lack of talent. I, I do think our secondary and our linebackers are not as deep as we're used to having. And I think that would help. But I don't think we have an all-in-all lack of talent on the team. I think we have a really talented quarterback, talented receivers, talented D-line, talented running backs. Um, there are some holes. Talented but... interior offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. That's about as much as I'd say. All right. Curious of how much of Satterfield's results and reputation from Louisville are repeating themselves. For example, I heard during the hire from Louisville fans that his offense did a great job moving to the ball in the middle of the field, but struggled in the red zone. Feels like that's true here too. How much does the data back up, back that up from his time at Louisville in terms of red zone scoring and anecdotally anything else you see as trends that are coming to life here based on his time at Louisville? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think the standard, I think the standard needs to be higher here than how he was at Louisville for sure. I don't think, I think eight and four should be the bear. This should be the lowest bar for Cincinnati football. I don't think we should accept anything less than that. And he did kind of have a somewhat of a resume of that in Louisville. And you hear that he had trouble kind of, finding ways to win games and finding way, but he found ways to lose them sometimes. And I mean, that's kind of happening right now. I just want to point out that there is not a single team in the new big 12, uh, the four teams that joined the big 12, none of them have won a game against a former big 12 team. The only yeah. team with a win currently is BYU in the big 12. And that's over Cincinnati. I, I just don't think that can be an excuse. I think we can't I don't I, I kinda hate the the narrative of yeah, it's like what's realistic? Yeah, it's realistic we make a bowl game, but I, I fuck I hate saying that. And I don't think that should ever be well the bar. The, the only point I'm trying to make is we put together a team off the off the waiver wire essentially, right? Um yeah. whereas Gus Malzahn had been there for several years, and uh, BYU's coach was also new, I believe. This is his first year. Um, no, he's been there a while. Has he? Yeah. Um, and then we all it know. It just feels like yeah, Dana. It just feels like, yeah. But we should have been in, like, the record we have is unbelievable that we're two mm -hmm. and three. And it is kind of – it is calling back to, like, if what they're saying about them, like, it is kind of aligning in some ways that we are two and three and we should be four and one. 
how much of that is Satterfield's fault. I don't, you can't blame it all on him. You can't blame it all on anyone, but I do think that there are, in my, my opinion is there are signs pointing towards what's been said. When did we listen to Louisville fans about anything? (laughs) They have a point is what I'm saying. About these people. I'm just saying the words that are said. Their athletic department was a complete and absolute dumpster fire when he was the coach there. They hired Bobby Petrino for a second time after he got caught with his side piece and he wore a neck brace acting like he didn't know what the hell was going on. They stole money from the foundation. They lied, they cheat, they steal their way into the ACC. I don't give a fuck my Louisville fans like, Just care. take a hey, take the, the title of who's saying it off of them and you, you just look at that. it objectively. They're if you're looking at it objectively, we're two and three. They're five and well, oh. If you care about we got it, we got to win. We, if you if you win. if you take it's that off of them, Ryan. The, the Appalachian State people, they still love Satterfield. I know, but we got to win fucking games. That's so. what it's about. All right. I'm not saying uh, he's a bad guy or he's doing a bad job. It's just that we're losing games we should have won. And that can't be the trend. But, Aaron, Aaron, kind of backing up what you were saying, Sataki's been at BYU since 2016. So the kind of okay. like all of them should, should be further along and further more prepared. Correct. But yes. I, I mean, it's just only one. I one think we have, we have the roster, and we played plenty good enough to be four oh, yeah. and one. So we're I capable, and agree. we're not there. So it's yep. like I'm. I'm. That's kind of my my take is that it's not like we're like inept, and that like yeah. we can just give every excuse. Just be glad that we didn't lose a game like UCF lost to <laughs> Baylor. <laughs> Real, we real did. quick. Miami, is, Miami is, is damn. I feel like it's worse. Seventeen Bearcats that should have went one and eleven. Yeah, no, <laughs> complete opposite of that, actually. <laughs> but no, I. So, Aaron, I was at a at a bar in uh, in you know, Cocoa area, and it like we had no idea. It was just a sports bar, a bunch of TVs on, going to watch all the games. It was a UCF bar, but there was probably twenty to thirty, you know, UCF fans there. They had the sound on. They turned the sound off of that game and flipped over to the Georgia game because they were like, this is a blowout. And then, like, just quietly, I kept on looking over at the UCF game and slowly Baylor just kept on coming back into it. And these UCF fans started losing it, trying to tell them to turn the sound back on. And they're like, no, this Georgia game is better. We're keeping it on the Georgia game. And I was just, like, kind of chirping a little bit. But oh, it was a it was a sight to see. When, when that field goal went short and, and left, I was like, Wow. I'm surprised there were that many fans there. Me there, too. Me there, too. If that, I'm being that's about how many fans were in their student section. <laughs> All right. Uh, what coverage and defense did we play against Oklahoma? So much talk on the podcast about us not having a zone defense. Did we install one, or did our man coverage just work better than we thought? Would love an analysis of what led to our defensive success. So I haven't heard the details on any pod yet. They played a lot of coverage against Oklahoma. They dropped eight, seven, eight a lot. Um, I worked like the, the whole plan was to keep things in front, and they did that. Was that man or was that zone, though, is what the question is. I mean, 
a lot of it was like so you when you've got two safeties like playing over the top it's correct Coming me if I'm wrong Royer it's kind of a combination of the two right like you're you're playing man with your corners but your safeties are playing over the top like the the it's not really a true man or a true like zone so to speak yeah you can play hybrid coverages and that's the thing i don't know exactly but i i can go talk to uh dingle i'll, I'll i probably should have done that he can give me kind of a good idea of what they what they've been doing without revealing you know too much or anything but that's that like kind of what i was saying before it's hard for me to really know what they're really doing without like the playbook and the film and the film the overhead film where you can actually see shit and what's really going on. But it does feel like they're right. definitely playing more zone than than a, than the Fickle and Freeman de- defensive days. All right. Are we overhyping the Fickle era based on the competition he faced? I remember a lot of very close games that if they went the other way, we would be looking at his tenure differently. He did so well here and great coaching and recruiter slash developer. But are we expecting too much from Satterfield in year one in comparing him to Fickle, especially with the major step up in competition? Would Fickle have won any more games in the Big 12 this year? His offenses seemed to lose steam last year when Geno took over. Um, I think we would be <laughs> four and one with Fickle, in my opinion. I think our, I just think we'd be a more sound team and we'd, was that the dog? <laughs> Sound like a door. What was, was that? Door. I mean, Just got uh, the dog out. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, the competition is, um, better, but I don't think these teams we played have been like world beaters. We'll see how Oklahoma does versus Texas. They're obviously a good team. I think we we played them well. But, I mean, you look at BYU and Pitt and, you know, it's just – Miami, yeah. Just... They didn't like BY, – BYU didn't, didn't like blow me away in, in any regards. No. Look at the statistics that we had. What was it? The minute – what were we talking about earlier? I, I forget. Like the, the win percentage shit. It's like a game yeah. we very should – it's not like like what I said before. We're not incompetent. We're not incompetent, and we're not playing terrible. Right, that's the frustrating part. Like, that's yeah. the frustrating part. So so it's not like I think, like, we're outmatched and that we're in some, like, juggernaut – we've been in this juggernaut schedule. Yeah. That, like, that's why, like, we, we won – like, we just won all the time because we were playing dog shit teams, and now we're playing, like, great teams. It's like – I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think – I think there's teams in that American that would give BYU this BYU team and the Pitt team and the Miami team a run for their money every week too. Um, I just think that when you have an established culture with Fickle for five years, I think you win the game. You win this past week. You win the Miami game. I don't think you drop those two games. I think that you, I think you'd be even closer versus Oklahoma. And but yeah, I mean. Satterfield's not not Luke Fickle what in the playoff year. That's obvious, and he's not going to be that right now. I don't know if he'll ever be that because I I personally think Luke Fickle will end up being one of the best coaches in college football. That's my opinion on him. But, you know, I think you're in for a rude awakening, unfortunately, because they have a large hill to climb in Wisconsin right now. I know. I think I know, and 
the way they got their program, the way they got their program is similar in ways to where they got our program and they're going to have chances. Yeah. It's just no Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, USC. Like there's, there's six kind of yeah monsters in their way right now that were not in their way. You had to get over the UCF hump and that was it. I I mean, year one though, they're probably going to play in the big 10 championship game, which is just because they have the stupid divisions. They are 100. Yeah. Who else? You, who else are you taking out out of that side? I mean, they're going to win. Who? Minnesota, Purdue, Iowa, Northwestern, Illinois. They already beat Purdue. Sound yeah, maybe it was probably the best the best chance. We don't have to go that far down the fickle line, but yeah, um, right. I don't think we're over. My point being, next year everything changes for Luke, and it is a yeah. it is a steep mountain when their schedule changes to look like what it sounds like their schedule is going to look like uh, 2024. I think if Fickle's still here and Ben is the quarterback, the best we're at right now is maybe 4-1. and one. I'm thinking more 3-2. and two. I think that if Fickle's here and Tanner Mordecai came with him, um, well, then I think we're probably still at 2-3. and three. I don't believe in Tanner Mordecai at all. I don't think we would have lost versus Miami. <laughs> I swear right. to God. I, I don't I either. Bet my house. I don't either. And I, bet, I think you. I bet you we win. We beat. We beat BYU. I don't just based I, on just based on the offense that he had been running. And if Gino's still at the the helm of the OC, I don't believe that at all. I don't know if we. Do you think we make? Do you think we make some of the mistakes we make? Do you think we muff the punt? Do you think? No, we, I don't we think steal you do. A couple. No, Chad, you're muted. What is he saying? You guys made a lot of mistakes. You were just playing shitty teams that you were able to escape. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not like style points, Ryan. Remember style points? Remember for two years I, it's I all know. about style points? I know. I know. And you but guys do you remember liners with do you remember when we remember when we, we should have beat Georgia, who's been the best college football team? Damn, it's it's looking they could be the best remember college when, football promo of the decade. We went that was a whole – that was a Remember better roster, gave though. Tulsa eight snaps at the one yard line. <laughs> you, that was a good Tulsa team, is what I'm saying. Is these teams aren't terrible? Like you they take weren't... the, I'm I'm telling you, BYU. I don't. I watch. If you take that BYU team and how they played versus us, did they look like? Did they look like anything special? Did they look like a team that that beat Arkansas at Arkansas? I'm just I mean, telling you. SMU gave Oklahoma a game at Oklahoma. I I mean I like I see what Ryan's saying, and I think it's just more of a and Tulsa what, got the piss beat out of them at Tulsa. Well, Oklahoma well, yeah, does this both though. The teams they, terrible. Peaks and valleys. Oklahoma. So, peaks oh, and now valleys. the Tulsa team's terrible. I didn't say Tulsa. I said SMU. SMU's oh, not good. but you're saying that like Tulsa that we were talking about the Tulsa of three years ago, um, but. Two my point ago, is one year ago. My point is that uh, you know Luke would have had access to the same transfer portal that you know everyone has access to. So we, we Tanner we Mordecai, really, come on down. I I don't think he would have called in Tanner Mordecai, but I I think it's more of a like Look, Jaheim, that's a character flaw. I'm thinking Tanner Mordecai was the answer. It's a character flaw. I'm sorry. I'll text Luke right now. 
All right. He was, he was not, he, he was, he was so afraid of him. Like he was like this. You guys kicked that guy's ass for three years. Kicked his ass. It wasn't even close. You dominated him. I know. After, after the loss on Friday, I was wondering who in the locker room are holding each other accountable at halftime or on the sideline when momentum swings. Who have you guys seen as the vocal leaders on this team? Keegan just posted a great article on the locker room, but I'm curious on everyone's thoughts. No idea. I have no idea. Brian would know better than us. He knows guys in the locker room. I, I think no idea. the holdovers are, are pissed off. I think some of the new guys are kind of thinking like this was going to be maybe a little easier than it has been. I don't know. We're going to find out in the next three weeks. That's what I'll tell you, Cincy fans. We're going to find out because yeah. these are three winnable games. Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, three winnable games. Do they win? If we win all those, we're still five and three. That just does not sound good still. <laughs> five and three? What do you mean that doesn't sound good? It just sounds bad. Like, oh, we're five and three. Just doesn't oh. sound good. Sounds like shit. <laughs> I'd gladly, That's gladly take five and three. Five years playing. I know. Ryan, Ryan's like, I only lost three games the whole time I was there. <laughs> I know. It's, I got to adjust. All right. That is the football portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the basketball portion. Where do you all expect John Newman to fit on this roster, assuming everyone is eligible? Does his system, experience, and defensive skill give him a surgically repaired leg up? Well played. <laughs> As uh, a starter. potential starter. Starter. I have a hard time thinking John Newman. If he's not a starter, he's a sixth man. Yeah. I have I a hard time picturing sixth man, probably. I have a hard time picturing John as a starter the entire season. I think that it would it, I'm just saying I, I think that it would involve him being healthy and Dan not taking a step forward. Um and he's taking a step forward while John is still the starter. See Moss and John's and CJ. Not like Dan's Dan's question is going to be can he beat out CJ Frick? I mean CMOS and, and CJ, I think, would start two, three. Um, again, what happens if they don't get any waivers? Right. I, I mean the waiver like, thing throws again, everything off. All of this is so like maybe Vic at the four, the Odie at the five. Ooh. No, I mean, Vic will start at the five if they don't get a waiver. Like, right. Vic is going to be the five. And then do you, do you start probably Odie at the four, maybe? Or do you go small and you go CJ Frederick, Seamus, and Seamus and, and Newman with Odie because you need him to provide help five? Yeah. Like, again, that's why next week, like, if we're doing a basketball episode next week, there's going to be a whole lot of. No idea until we know. Day-Day, CJ, CMOS, Vic, Odie, or if one of the two. No way. Gets... No, way. no way they start Vic and Odie at the four and five. If if, Jame- if Jameel and – Or Aziz, yeah. Aziz are out, you yeah. cannot start those two guys together. What if, they, what if one of them gets in foul trouble? Like you don't – you have to start right. with one at the five, and the other yeah. is well, his backup. Let's say as the yes. sixth man, and then and then you bump down Seamus to the four, Seamus to the four, then and Newman then have three, Vic and Newman at three. 
Right. Or yeah, or Dan. I, yeah. Right. I don't, It'll know. Be interesting. We don't know until the until the waivers are decided. We have no idea what if is. if one of the no. two get it or if both of them get it. I think it's Vic at the four, and then whoever gets the waiver at the five, and then you're probably right. Yeah, Cmos at the three, if, and if CD neither of you, Dede at the one. If neither of them get it, and either Vic or uh, Odie gets injured, oh boy, Sage Tolentino, baby, dying in Hawaiian. Oh boy. Any basketball scrimmages or events for homecoming? Not that I've heard at this point. All right. Quick and easy. With the bye week in football, are there any plans for extra basketball content this week? When Brent yes. wants to do a whole show. <laughs> Dude, you guys like think it's hilarious, but like I, I mean we can talk about like it's hypotheticals. Players. It's all like, hypotheticals. That's what a preview is. Preview is hypothetical. No, no. Yes, it is. Then enjoy the show by yourself. You and Ryan can do the show. <laughs> All I don't right. know anything yet. All right. All right. Well, then let's know. recap the game know. that happened on Saturday, then. That'll be good. <laughs> I'm just we saying, we do don't know. Like, the whole answer to everything is going to be, I don't know. Right. But like, you said practice is, is obviously underway and stuff. We can get a little practice sure. updates, little tidbits here and there. Guess what? Jamil and these are practicing. I know. We we see so in the pictures. In the what vids. I can talk about is those two practicing. Well, what I yeah. can't talk about is what if either of them are eligible? Because I can't talk about practice without them. Right. But they're not practicing without them. We can also uh, talk at, at length if they're eligible, this is this. If they're ineligible, this is this. That'd be good. I'm excited. Can't wait. What basketball record could be broken by this year's team or player and why? I... Most players on scholarship sitting out would be a record that would be broken. What, two? That's not even – no. I bet more of sat out than just two. When you have 15? Well, and you might have a, a, a red shirt. Maybe you get a red shirt. Who knows? Maybe, like, I don't know. That's yeah, three, four. It's <laughs> not sitting out, though. Um, I'd a say red shirt I, is absolutely sitting out every game. Yeah, but, like, it, it could be a situational red shirt where it's like, okay, we need you to play type thing. So sitting out ineligible is just you are out-out. That's what about uh, block shots by one of the guys who are currently awaiting the uh, the waiver? We don't know. It, it could. It could. You're right. It could. <laughs> I, but I will. I will take Eric Hicks' record of 110 block shots. Yeah. Uh, and and guess that nobody is going to top tough, that this year. Tough record to top. Here's the problem: Cincinnati is a top 10 program of all time, so the records are lofty. A lot of records. Breaking Although, records for any team. Landers, Landers didn't break any of the three-point records, did he? No, he came close. I, I, did Davenport? Maybe percentage, I think. I still think With volume, Field and Lizell had a higher percentage. Right. Yeah, he was he was top three in like two, I think, yeah. made. And but I don't percent. think anybody was number one. I don't right. think like they didn't right. break any records last year. 
So uh, I'm not I'm highest not NIT attendance at an NIT game, maybe. Go, Aaron. How are you feeling about Jace coming here? Cool, warm, or hot? Perry also. Warm on Jace. Um, I mean, it's it's Cincinnati. His dad's alma mater for the coach that his dad played for, for Alabama that has put a lot of chips on that table. Um, I, I don't think Cincinnati's running number one. So warm. Perry, I would say it's Cincinnati or Ole Miss, so I would go hot there uh, because it's, you know, 50-50. Um, and, again, we'll see where that is after his visit. I have no idea how Izzo's still coaching with all the firestorms Michigan State has had over the years. My God. He is... Because everybody else did such a shit show that Izzo is untouchable. Like, there's He's a, a co- legitimate – He's a cockroach. Force field over Enzo because there's so much crazy shit that happens at that place. He's a cockroach surviving <laughs> nuclear nuclear holocaust. He's what one? He's won one championship and been to what like two or three Final Fours, and that's it. He's been there for thirty years. Yeah, but there was there was a span where every guy had been on a Final Four team for like fifteen years or something. It was wild. like every four years. Yeah, <laughs> like he managed. <laughs> He just yeah. by it. Yeah. <laughs> January, February, Izzo. Come on now. You know this. All right. That is the. It's He's like been to one, two, three, four, going to an AFC championship and a Super Bowl. Wish they would. Look, looks like he's been to Not eight, eight final fours for Mr. Izzo. And one championship. Right. Back with Mateen Cleaves dancing on one leg. In the year 2000. Which should have went to another team, but anyway. That's neither here nor there. All right. Rapid fire, Taylor Swift edition. Hell yeah. Who is more irritating? Who is the more irritating NFL spouse? Brittany Mahomes or Brenda Warner? For young pups. That That's Kurt lunatic. Warner's wife. She was crazy. That shit crazy, Linda Warner. What would Brenda she do? Warner. I didn't even – I don't remember her. I don't I, know anything I, about her. Nuts. Like, it just – said off the cuff, like, just crazy, like, super, super religious, like, batshit crazy type things. Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to go Brittany Mahomes. Brittany Mahomes is just – Crazy because she hangs out with his brother. Is yeah, is Jackson tied in with Brittany or, or, or are we yeah. saying well even Brittany? even the stuff that she was doing, spraying everybody with champagne. I don't know. I oh would you do that if you want? I, I, I want her I want her going down with a banana peel with the entire O'Doyle family. Get out of here. That's why we got T Swift, baby. Next. Anyway. Uh best Taylor <laughs> best Taylor Swift song. They're all oh. terrible. Aaron, what's your pick? I don't. I couldn't. <laughs> couldn't tell you one. Gosh, I hope. I hope there's some switch. I like there. Enchanted. Oh wow! You took mine. Let's go! God, isn't it amazing, dude? That song. Yeah, it's great. Like, like it's that intro, great. the build, and then. All the right, play. Taylor Swift oh. or Carrie Underwood. <laughs> wait, wait! We didn't get Chad's favorite. Uh, He's gone. Song. He left. Taylor Swift or Carrie Underwood? Carrie Underwood. Oh. <laughs> 
name, name a I name think, a legendary Carrie Underwood song. I think I like the, Taylor Swift more. Sunday Night Football. Right, that's it. That's all you got. The Sunday Night Football song. Good job. Good job. I'll, I'll uh, take it. Quick, wait, quick the uh, cheater one. Before he cheats. Before he cheats on me. Yeah. The like, wait, the I cheater one. The into the yeah. side of this. Whatever. Yeah. That one. So a uh, quick Carrie Underwood story. So I was. Um, <laughs> All right. Oh uh, follow this is a question. Carrie Underwood story and not a, a Taylor story. You gotta let him tell the Carrie Underwood story if you hate Taylor. <laughs> he he muted his mic. I don't, I don't know where oh, he you went. You made a big man. Big man. <laughs> Aaron yeah, did that. Now. Wait, Aaron did that. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That was Aaron. Very this is supposed to be Aaron. rapid fire, and you're pulling <laughs> Chad. Aaron. This is supposed to be. I'm going to carry on with a story for everyone out there. We're going to tell the story. And they were doing a sound check, and I was like five feet away from her, and I looked up, and I was like, is that Carrie Underwood? And then they were doing sound check, and like there was a big loud boom, and she looked down at me, and she was like, well, that was a little weird. And I was like, yeah, that was a little weird, Carrie. And she was in a disguise. She wasn't. They weren't supposed to know it was her, and there, there I was, me and Carrie, having a one-on-one connection. <laughs> You know what's a little weird? <laughs> Doing a two and a half hour podcast on a bye week. It's awesome. It's hey, it gives people it's something Monday. to do, Aaron. Monday of next week is the bye week. We, podcast. we didn't even preview anything. Unbelievable. We never preview. Oh, anything. Aaron, we don't on this show. Do you are you do you not pay attention? We don't do that on this show. We <laughs> do always find a way to make this show long as hell. <laughs> hey, people listen though, don't they? All right. Yeah. Follow follow up question, Chad. If Brent and I can pull some money together, how much would it take for Aaron to do a Taylor Swift cover to start the bank's portion of the mailbag? You can't afford me. I will do Nobody it. I will do it. it. Nobody Tell wants me. that. You no, can't Aaron afford. Aaron says he can sing. Let's let's uh, let's freaking hear it. Five hundred dollars. I'll have Aaron do "Cruel Summer" at the end of the mailbag. Lock it. it I, I make my price. You don't make my price. I make my price. All right. What's the price? You anyway. do that for five hundred. You know no, it would be more than that. Wow. Anyway, what? I'll do I'm it. Not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing anything, Taylor Swift. I'll you can't buy back lawyer and let him keep all five hundred. You can't I'll buy back that. your dignity. <laughs> all right, you're still here. When Brent gets married, what's more likely: during football season or during basketball season? Neither, Fo- Mark. Football season, a hundred percent, zero percent chance. It's going to be. I need. I need six weeks off because I'm getting married and then going on. Going to be summertime. I'm getting married in Alaska and then going on a month long honeymoon in uh, Australia. Swift is going to perform at the wedding. Just wait. He would. He would take the full (laughs) cruise around the the world from Alaska. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Taylor Swift will be in Australia, and then yeah. Anyway, next. You guys are funny. Would Aaron rather watch an FC Cincy playoff game or the AAC football conference championship game? Also, what are the funds needed to send Aaron to watch a noon AAC basketball game at ECU? Again, you can't afford me. Um, FC Cincy playoff yes, game. Yes, can't. You said no. you can't afford me, and they can absolutely afford you. No, they can't. You're going to send me to ECU instead of spending the weekend with Aaron, my daughter? No, they can't afford it. Aaron, here's $2,000 to go to ECU for a Saturday basketball game. No one's – UC Merck is not doing that. Look at the person asking you the question. Said, you, you said there's no price. <laughs> there is the price is my point. 
It's I'll take this two grand. Ooh, ooh, that's enticing. Brent, $2,000. We'll send Aaron to ECU. That's enticing. For a Sunday noon tip. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Going to ECU. All right. That's damn enticing right there. Aaron, say this. Irish wristwatch. Cool story. Um, that was weird, but uh, also. <laughs> I also. I think you did Yes, that was pretty good. Also, Aaron, have you ever looked up Aaron in the Urban Dictionary? No, no. Why would anyone look up their oh, name? And I don't ever get on up. Urban Dictionary. I'll I did that in like quick. high school, college. Not in. My, I'm almost, I'm almost forty. D monk. Not on oh, Urban wow. Dictionary. Oh, Aaron, before you get all mad, listen to this. I, I mean, one of them is Aaron is a sweet, loving, caring guy who will never let you down. Being near to him will give you butterflies and make you ungodly happy. <laughs> so before you get off the whole edge of things, but uh, weird. It, eh, a couple other ones are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show. Get us out of here, Brent. Yeah, just read the, only the first one. A couple only. other ones are pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. You know what? Another good show. Um, they, uh, the the cats are two and three, but but they shouldn't be based off the state. Hey, Chad it's didn't go on a box. rant. The whole mailbag. Can we can we go back? Yeah, let's, get a, let's get a mailbag rant. Chad, you didn't say your your T Swift favorite rants song. during the show. Your rants t- he ranted about Louisville. What are you talking about? He lost his whole he mind only, because someone asked a question. <laughs> it was the first question in the mailbag because they asked about comparing him to his Louisville days. Chad's head exploded. Fire. There was a stump of a neck left of Chad by the time he was finished with that rant. Well, I always get Chad rant at the end of the rapid Warrior, fire. We didn't, get the, we didn't get the rapid fire rant because it was Taylor Swift and Aaron got all weird. So it was like that was completely yeah. thrown off. Hey, look, I'm gonna say this straight up. I'll say this about yes. the the trailer, uh, Travis Kelsey thing. Yeah. Last night, my daughter sat right here next to me in my office, and we watched Sunday Night Football. Yeah. And we talked football, and we had a delightful time. Yes. So, if that's what this it brings into my household, more power to it. Because the, hot, the most watched a, football game. I had a great night with my yep. daughter yep. watching Sunday Night Football. Yep. How many times so, did they show Taylor? I think 20 was the number. <laughs> Thank you Enough so much for commenting Aaron. here so I could block your ass. Rob1982. <laughs> what would the Rob say? Thank you so much for taking Scott Satterfield off our hands. Thank you so much for commenting in the chat hey, so I can block your ass. They're you active. never comment here again. They're active. Um, well, hey, Chad, <laughs> I think that's what everyone's experiencing is that, uh, you know what? You get to sit there and, and, and watch. Five and oh, cheer for your oh. fucking team. What are you doing <laughs> to watch this podcast? I was, I was, yeah, I was still on the Taylor Swift thing, but you know what? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 10, 1040 in Louisville up in the mentions. It's, it's cool. We'll You're take it. We'll take it. But hey. Team. You got your dream coach. Jeff Brown. Congratulations. Go Louisville. You'll be 7-5. and five. It'll be awesome. I hope Marcus Freeman kicks your dick in the dirt on Saturday. I will. Enjoy that oh, Papa John's afterwards. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, another another fun thing last night, Chad. Sauce Gardner, Travis Kelsey, Brian Cook. Cincinnati's on center stage as well. So big time. Yeah. Um, Jersey exchange at the end of the game. Center yep. field right there. Center stage, Travis and Sauce. Mm-hmm. Chopping it up. Doesn't get any better than that. Not too bad for the brand. Not too bad for the brand. But uh, hey, big shout out, big thank you. Obviously, bye week. Iowa State getting ready to come up a little later. But uh, hey, we're going to have a water wall basketball pod next next Monday. <laughs> Cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. But hey, big shout out as always. Three hours for Aaron. Big big shout out as always to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Big shout out to Quick Paper Supply for their timestamps. And also a quick shout out to Home Field Apparel for uh, sponsoring the uh, mailbag. Uh, aside from that, hey, for my guys, my pals, partners in crime when it comes to Monday nights. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendo, and Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young, yet another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!